Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. Literally five seconds, Tom, is what we've been, so don't worry. That's a lot. I promise you, it's been five seconds. Five seconds. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. Look at my special guest today. So, Tom and me for the 40k Spy Center. Tom, what's going on? Uh, I just noticed that we were even like, we were even like doing the countdown, so <laughs> I'm all right. Okay? And we're also joined by Jim Vessel from Doom I like Felicity your picture Pain. Of the Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm uh, building terrain, so I'm uh, in, I'm trying to be my the best Rob I can be by building terrain today. Let's <laughs> listen. Uh, and I've already cu- I've already cut myself and glued all my fingers together, so I'm not really sure. Uh, you're nailing yeah. it. You're nailing Focus. it. My hands are just a, a, a litany of scars. <laughs> Am I doing yeah. it right? <laughs> That's all it is. Uh, by the way, so everyone, you may have noticed Nick isn't here today. Uh, neither is Logan. Logan is currently in Poland, uh, still recovering from the hangover from the England match last night. Uh, Tom, uh, Nick is, it's his Nick's birthday. Uh, so he's taken the weekend away. Yeah. Uh, he's where he's gone. I think uh, he said he was off to look at castles. Or he might be painting a new Necron army. I can't decide which one he's doing. Tom, do you know? Do you remember which one he was doing? I, uh, both. He was painting the Necron army in the castle. Apparently, some people think that he may well have mm. gone to war against Falcon. There might be a, a mano a mano in the future. I'm not sure if that's true. but you uh, Did you ever see that old feature in White Dwarfs where they used to like feature a picture of someone reading a White Dwarf in an unreasonable yes. place? Like on a mountain or in a plane or just in yes. general? Um I think that's what Nick is doing. Is I mean, I don't, I don't know if a plane's that unreasonable. <laughs> no, like I, a, I, re- know, like I read a magazine on a plane. Skydiving or something. Oh, okay. You know, like, yeah. Outside of a plane, like, but in the sky. Kind of Outside of a plane, <laughs> in the sky. Got it. Some kid just gets slapped in the playground by a white dwarf falling from the air. <laughs> yeah. Bosh. That's you know, you're playing war. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone today, uh, we did. I did think Logan was going to be with us as well, but unfortunately, he's not able to make today um, because he's he's casting for Street Fighter at the moment, isn't he? Um, uh, which is a bit of a shame because I did have, a, I thought, a really great convo um, later on for the show. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, him not here, I might postpone it because it was going to be a really good one, mainly talking about gamesmanship. Uh, but we've got lots still to talk about 40k. Jim's been playing some, Tom's been playing some. Uh, so we'll get into that. Uh, before we get into anything, though, uh, let's just talk. Let's ca- catch up with the co-hosts. Uh, Tom, first up, how you been? How you been since last week? Well, I've been all right, man. I played a lot of AOS uh, and therefore I was very tired. <laughs> so I played six games of AOS this weekend. That was really fun. I mean, despite the 16 event that you were talking about on the AOS show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it too much here because it was an AOS event. So I don't want to you know, go too much into that. Uh, other than that, I played a scrim game. Like, I would say my scrim game against Canada, but the remaining four games may all turn out to be my scrim game against Canada. So <laughs> we'll have to see. Uh, okay. I've also been working on, I've got an event this weekend. So I've been uh, writing some lists and yep. then driving around the country trying to find the models for those lists. And uh, those models are sold out everywhere. Really? So instead, I bought some, uh, yeah, look, I'll, I'll show you what I've got actually. So I bought, look at what I've got here, some Shadow Spectres. Look, here's the uh, Phoenix Lord. Uh-oh. There she is. Yeah. And there's an Exarch. So basically, I had this list written out, and I thought, you know, if there's one place where I'm going to get uh, these models in stock, it's going to be Warhammer World. So I drove to Warhammer World, and they didn't have it in stock. So I just rewrote my list with what I had, what they had, and then I just bought it. So I've got some more models over here that I'm going to be assembling up over the next couple of days because it's only um, you only need to be base coated. This event, you see, because oh really? What, what, what is what is base what is base coded mean? Like I will, sp- like I one will color? spray it with chaos black. Yes. Ah, 
So it just can't yeah. be gray plastic or gray yeah, whatever. Pretty much. Yeah, it's it was meant to be a team event and then it was um cancelled because of uh coronavirus restrictions. So we're running something small between just a bunch of mentions. Hey, that sounds really fun. Do you want to talk uh, more? Is that one of the things yeah. we're talking about today? Oh uh, yeah, well, we'll, 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 we're we'll talk about it in a minute and we'll, why it was out of We'll start. come back to it. We'll yeah. see how Jimmy is first and then Yeah. Jim, fine. how you been? Yeah. What's been going on? Uh I'm good. Uh I, I mentioned earlier I'm I'm building terrain. Um and it's the first so I have never had a Warhammer table at my house, and I recently purchased a uh, like a folding table from Urban Mats and a set of terrain. So I can officially, for the first time in 22 years, play Warhammer at my house. I've never been able to do that. How do you feel about that? Which is kind of crazy. Uh, it's weird because I had people over, uh, like strangers, in my 40k league uh, this last week. Um, but uh, it was really nice because uh, as soon as they're gone, I'm still at home. Like usually, I have to. I've always been used to traveling quite a bit. For uh, for to play Warhammer, and I live in Vancouver, which means like traveling far, like uh, usually into out into the suburbs, so like a 20, 30, 40 minute drive sometimes just to play a game. So now that I can force people to come to my house, it's really nice. That's great. It feels really good. But um, I've I've as I mentioned, I've glued my fingers together, cut myself, and yeah, I'm really that. not looking. Can I just send this train to you to paint? I hear you're pretty good at it. I can do it fast. Um, uh, one of my friends came over earlier. There, big shout out to Fish in the chat. Thanks everyone for joining us live, by the way. Uh, big shout out to Jog PLC and also to Valerie, uh, who has said what to buy this month. I will do a stonks question for both Jim and Tom in a moment. So um, hold on to your seats for that one. Uh, someone came over and I spent ages painting some Necron terrain. And then um, they were like, oh my God, the Eldar terrain is so nice. And I was like, that was just two rattle cans. And like I picked out a bit of detail, like it was the easiest bit to do. Um, so I, I wonder sometimes how much like uh, the shape um, of the of the terrain really changes up versus the the paint job at all. But who knows? I'm not a painter, nor shall I ever be. Uh, but I got like seven boards done in a week, which I was excited about. So it's also worth noticing, Rob. Um, Mordian Glory, who came to our event a couple yeah. weeks ago, he did a video on his big list, yeah. right? And someone posted it to that god-awful cesspool our competitive war yep. okay and in the comments everyone was saying how lovely the terrain was oh nice because they are they are narrative gamers over there so they will really appreciate you know great narrative great you know aesthetics so that's oh, why don't you send me the link i'm gonna there. let me get me that because the rest of it is cursed mate because it's oh the rest of it is cursed okay <laughs> 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 all right okay no bad things it's not bad things about the event it's just people saying silly things it's okay fine. well that's fine then i won't go there it sounds like it sounds like camelot tis a silly place hey dan brooke um uh so uh, jim did you you've got the, the your terrain uh you should shout out your terrain because that's actually quite cool what you were telling me yeah so this is a it's a train set from my buddy dan minor he's actually the kind of the local to i had him on one of the shows a little while ago but it's basically called uh uh, I don't even know what it's called, but but basically, um, it's like a set of terrain, and it's kind of uh, what are those uh, what are those Russian dolls called? Oh, wow! Uh, there's a Russian, name dolls. For them. Russian dolls. That'll do. No, there's there's a name for them. Uh, Matryoshka dolls, babushka dolls, babushka, nesting dolls. Babushka is grandma. No, nesting dolls. Okay, nesting yeah, dolls so is what they are. Definitely. Dolls. So basically, the whole terrain set basically um, fits inside a. So this is kind of like the largest piece. It's, it's basically this half the size of a banker's box and it goes together and the whole terrain set actually basically nests inside so there's like four or five or there's there's four other pieces of ruins like this that sit inside there's two big crates there's like four uh there's craters there's a forest uh, template and then there's like another 
set of like these like walls basically they all basically nest inside this and then there's a lid and you can fit two of these sets in a banker's box like a, a traditional banker's box and it's it's called the bookshelf train series i just remembered so actually this whole thing i'm i can just basically slide onto my bookshelf behind me and then i have a whole table there in one kind of set um so it's really handy um obviously it's mdf so you gotta assemble it and build it um and if you want to check it out um i'm not paid for, i'm not paid by this uh, you can check out minor creations uh, m-i-n-e-r creations.com uh, my buddy sells them uh, i think they're about 220 bucks canadian which sounds like a lot but for what you're getting you're getting a whole basically table set of train um it's 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 a pretty good deal so um and that's you know if you're american that's like 50 dollars, and i don't know it's probably like 100 euros so I don't, I don't know how much train is there but obviously not as cheap as if you're going to 3d print it yourself but uh you I know, know, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit sick like of me. 3d printing if i want to be right now today if you uh i spent a while fixing a bunch of 3d printers this week and then they all just were like no we refuse to paint these print these things for you rob so i'm livid at the moment uh when it comes to the 3d printed terrain so like just you know for for pennies someone else can just send it you for a little bit more um is there an mdf shortage there's a wood shortage right I think that's one of the things that's been uh, apparently a shortage at the moment. I'm not sure, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a expert on supply chain of wood. <laughs> I don't know anything about wood <laughs> deliveries. Uh, right. Okay. Before we get into the news section of the show, uh, I am going to talk to uh, you two. I'm going to ask you both: Have either of you got a stonks for this week? It happened to be. It's a. It's just a late night. Oh, sorry, a last minute question, but. I wonder if either of you two have got a stonks for the market because Valerie was asking earlier. Have you got something you think is uh, big to buy? Oh, can it be a sell? Yeah, it could be a sell, 100%. Just just sell your Chaos Space Marines, guys, because we're not getting a codex <laughs> for many, many years based on based on the uh, based on the um, the the garbage that they're going to be releasing in this this the second Warzone book. Uh, is this yep. what is this, the third reprint of Chaos Space Marines we had in in like a year uh -huh. and a half? Um, I, I actually do think Game Workshop doesn't like Chaos Space Marines because the, the the disregard that they show for Chaos Space Marines, all those people that keep saying, don't worry, Emperor's Children and Corn, Corn, uh, World Leaders are going to be out this year. You guys need to go uh, go like... That's me. I think that they will problem. be. Yeah. It's not happening. Why? The fact that... We, the, the fact... Yeah. I don't, I don't believe it for one second. A bit of confidence. A bit of hope. So, what about a bit of hope, Jim? <laughs> I've I'm I'm I've lost hope. <laughs> You've lost all hope. You've lost all hope. Um, but I mean, uh, orcs, I guess. Buy orcs. <laughs> I guess buy orcs. That's true. Uh, Tom, what about you? We'll, we'll know by Saturday, I guess, all whether right. you should buy orcs. Yeah, that's or not. true. I've I've got two sellers, oh, yeah? and I'm going to do my buy first. My buy is still Hellions because no one can get their hands on any Hellions for love nor money. Okay. So you, I, I just couldn't find them anywhere. You sell them a big stonk up. You could keep the bat price is going all the way to the moon. Really? It's not it's not dipping anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. Italians are just insane. Okay. Um the sell is firstly sell your entire 40k collection because the game is doomed. <laughs> um but if you really are desperate to play 40k, um I would recommend you sell Cronus because those bad boys are not getting any higher in price because they suck, but for some reason certain people think they're good because someone on the internet told them. By the way, Jim, do you understand do you know where this idea that Kronos are good came from? Because I don't. Um, I think it it's just kind of the laugh, last vestiges of this like dark technomancer nonsense because it's yeah. like I think it's the only thing with the dark technomancer left. The, the I, I get that, but that, who I think decided that Cronus are good? Like because if it was like a content creator who said, "Oh, 
but you can still take Kronos, they can do this, 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 and this. They 100% did it for a meme, or they've been bought by big homunculus to lobby for Kronos sake. Okay. <laughs> I just blame because all Dark Elder problems on Skari, so... These things are awful. They they are so bad. I Like, how many points are they each, actually? Where's my phone? Kronos. Yeah. You're not yeah. a phantom. No, no, no. I need to find out how many points these garbage cans are. Like, they, they suck so bad. In fact, I'm said I'm going to open the app of the year, <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to get my detachment out. Okay. Builder. Oh wait, I... yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that War Score Builder is the third party one, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. What's the name of the GW War Score Builder? It's like what is it called? The Zia, right? No, that's okay. Sigma. So... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's War Score Builder. What's your oh, point? Oh, yeah, War Score Builder. <laughs> no, isn't there a GW version of Rolls? Isn't there like an official War? Uh, because Warscore Builder isn't it third party? Uh, Warscore Builder for Age of Sigmar is third party ish and is hosted on the community site. Their list building app oh, is Zia, which was in their app, but they're discontinuing it to, and I quote, build on the success of the 40k app. Unquote. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am, that said, I am on 40k app now. Look, there yeah, it is. Good. Look at this bad boy. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Uh, I've just get oh now I've leaked the uh, the exclusive content. <laughs> Trouble now, boys. Okay, so I'm looking at this. It's 70 points per model, so a squad of three is 210 points. Right. I just noticed we're toughness six as well, not toughness seven. So it's even shittier than I thought. Okay, fine. For that, you basically get the same output as you would from a free a squad of ten racks as liquefier guns, which is a lot worse. You get some extra shots that hit on force because you're probably advancing. You move like a bus. You don't move very quickly. And then in melee, you've got four attacks each. So if you're opponent, you move into your opponent, you really do, don't really too much, do too much either, and you fall over really quickly. So I've, I played against um, Diogo, uh, Jim's scrim yep. teammate, yesterday, and his Cronus. And, and to be clear, just my scrim teammate, Diogo in general. Not your life, he's, mate. He's, he's uh, ah, no, he I, I like I like Diogo. I, like, I enjoyed playing with it. Yeah, it was good. Um, so I, I thought I'd just go through the game because it's probably easier. Um, he got first turn. We were playing Drakari Mirror Match. But I was playing a weird Drakari build I didn't really like, but I liked it more as the game went on. So I had uh, I had three squads of ten Hellions. It was all patrols. I had one Succubus, one Archon, two Lelith, and then I had uh, two squads of Blood Brides, Two courts of the Archon with four Swift, four Ghouls in each, and five Raiders. Sorry, and how many Urgirls? Uh, four in each squad. So that's 12 Urgirls? No, so I only had two uh, courts. Uh. So it was two courts of four and four. Uh, and then I had a second Archon with um, Helm of Spite for a Deny, and then I had Ancient Evil on the first Archon, which is really important. Uh, so basically, I have three squads of Hellions, two squads of, of Court of the Archon, and then two squads of Blood Brides. And then I have a fight slash mechanic in the Ancient Evil, and I have five Raiders. So basically, it's just me just constantly pumping stuff into the middle and charging you with like either the Hellions who are then re-rolling to wound, or the Blood Brides who are fighting twice and re-rolling to wound. Um, so it was okay. Uh, he went first, pushed forward. He had nine Cronus, I've already mentioned, and then he just had a bunch of other like shit running around. He had a Raider that he pushed forward with his Trueborn, and I was just like, oh, okay, then. We were playing Retrieval Mission, and I thought, well, I can easily trade up here. I just kill this Raider. I jump the Hellions over. I then shoot all the um, Trueborn inside, and I jump back, and I've lost one Raider, and I kill a Raider and the squad of Trueborn have traded up, and I'm going second, mm. which I should be trading up anyway because we've got more redundancy than he does. Yeah. Um, 
he flies his one Raider forward with his Trueborn, instantly pops one of my Raiders, and I'm like, okay, that's kind of unlucky, but never mind. I then jump my Hellions forward, I fire all four of my remaining Raiders and my Trueborn all into this one Raider, and I don't kill it. And at this point, I'm just like, oh, fuck. Because now he's got basically just an entire squad of Trueborn just in my deployment zone in his turn going in, which means he can just knock me off primaries, he can get max engaged, and just like, that's a five-point swing, it's pretty big. Uh, so I, I also probably am going to lose the Hellions at this point as well. So I charge the Hellions in, kill his Raider, so I'm at least not losing the Grindman down point because he took that as a secondary, and as he's killed a unit, that means he gets three points. So I kill that, I then lose my Hellions, so now I've just traded my Hellions and a Raider for his Raider, and I'm just like, great, fine. Um, it wouldn't necessarily be an issue. He then runs over, kills my Hellions, fine, not a problem. He knocks me off my objectives, uh, so I'm on five points of primaries. And then he pushes Cronus uh, up. And I'm like, okay, well... I should be able to kill at least one squad of Cronus here. I don't kill one squad of Cronus. I don't even kill one Cronus. He has uh, got one Cronus left on one wound and then the rest of full HP. So he's basically just done the same thing again. And I lose another squad of Hellions just trying to push him off where I completely failed to do so because he, he passed a bunch of stuff, which is fine. Like, it's not necessarily an issue losing the Hellions because I have loads of stuff to pump in. The issue is more that he's just constantly in my deployment zone, just knocking me off points. Yep. And, and this is like, good oh, well, true point, right? This is because I've just failed to kill the transports that he's coming up right, with, right? Okay. Uh, initially. So I had to then commit points to kill the true bond in the next turn, which meant I couldn't kill uh, many Cronus. But even managed to kill more Cronus than that, but it's fine. Um, he then makes a bit of a mistake in turn three, and we talked through after the game, in that he pushes all of his remaining Cronus up, and he bunches two squads of Cronus next to each other, and then he has one li uh, a little bit further up on the other side. But what that means is that if I then just take all my units, because obviously I've got a bunch of units fighting first, I've got a uh, fight last mechanic, because he threw some blood brides in there as well. Um, I can just charge him with everything and just wipe most of his stuff. And because he's just lobbed it all in my face, he doesn't have anything to countercharge me with after that, right? So he should, he should so have held I some charge stuff him, back. All this stuff. He should have held one of the squads of Cronus back, is the conclusion we came to after the game. And that way uh, he can then, if I want to go and clear out, I overextend and lose my stuff. Um, and if I don't want to go and clear out, I then just can't kill en enough stuff because I physically can't go out and reach, which means it just keeps depending on my deployment zone for even longer. Um, so I wipe all that and then just start pushing him. So it ends up being a 10-10, so I, I get away with one a bit there. But I think the matchup overall as Lisko should be good for me, but because of a couple of swings that happened early on, it meant that he was uh, he was pretty favoured, and I reckon he could have got 15 himself. But we talked it through after the game, uh, and, and it was fine. Uh, the Hellions, I just... Stupid for what they do. Uh, 170 points of that is insane. Uh, and 2 CP so, effectively. So can, you, can so. you talk to me? Hey, Nurgle, Matthew, big love to you and everyone in the chat. Thanks for haying. Can you, um, can you, so what do the Hellions do? Talk me through it. Like, what do they do? So the Hellions jump over, they go 14 inches after turn two, they can advance the charge, so they can go up to 20 inches and then charge you. Uh, they have 41 attacks if you give them Adrenalite, which is the drug for plus one attack. And then you can use a stratagem from Cult of Strife to give them reroll to wound in combat. So they are, I believe, strength four. Uh, rend one, although we rend two if they uh, roll six to wound. Damage two, rerolling to wound with two CP. Um, and they're hitting on twos from turn three onwards, wow. which is insane. Like they, they hit like a bus. Uh, the problem with the Cronus is that they don't really do anything. They've got two D6 shots each. Uh, then one of those D6 require rolls to hit, and they don't hit very well. And then they're wounding on like fours or threes with pretty much everything. And in combat, they're not much better. They've got four attacks, they're not very good at all. Uh, so we don't really do too much in terms of damage. And they're also not that durable either. They've got a free up uh, armor save, 6 plus invulnerable until turn 4 when we get a 5 plus. And then they've got a 5 plus DPR, 7 wounds. 
They don't really do too much, man. Like they fall over. Like like I'd met before. So you're saying the Hellions don't do so much because the Hellions? No, no, I'm saying the Cronus don't do so much. Right. But what I was yeah. asking, what the Hellions... the Hellions do? I know. I was explaining the Hellions and why they were good. They also have the ability to, if they kill a unit in melee, they can get a four plus multiple save for the next turn. Okay. Which makes them hard to shift. But that's that's pretty much it. The Hellions are quite simple. The Cronus. Uh, I was talking about why I, I wanted to sell them initially. And that's because for some reason they're highly rated because they have a one thing where the liquefier gun mechanic did not get touched for the purposes of a flamer weapon. But they're also 70 points for one of those. And I'm just like, it's not really worth it, man. It's not really worth it at all. So You don't rate it. Speaking of hey, 70 man. points, speaking of 70 points, can we talk about how uh, Iron Strider horse dudes <laughs> with the Cognizant Class <laughs> are 65 points? And obliterators that are like objectively worse in every measurable way are 110 points no obliterators are not 110 they are not 110 obliterators are 110 shut up so you got you got two less wounds one less toughness one less strength uh six less movement uh you get one one more save uh you get native deep strike but who cares (laughs) um you got 24 inch range and a random gun that may or may not actually kill anything because it could be end up damage one um, and they're shit, almost twice they're t- almost twice the cost. I- I'll have you uh, know, Jim. Actually, I just checked. Obliterators are 105 points. So they're good. Uh, you know what, yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 105. <laughs> wow. Uh, I think you should buy all the obliterators. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I actually played a list recently where I was like, "Oh, obliterators and drop pods. It's gonna be awesome." And then I realized I'm putting 310 points of a unit that already deep strikes in a model that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, it will see it coming. Obliterators turn one. <laughs> yeah. nope, it didn't work Wait, out. Just be confused as to what you've taken the drop pod for. That's all it will be. Yeah. And you're just going to bamboozle them. Yeah, they will be. They will be very confused if that helps you. They'll be like, what the hell is he doing? And then, and then it will dawn on them. Literally, every opponent was like, but don't they normally deep strike? I was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Stop telling me that. I realized it. So, Tom, are you unimpressed by Kronos generally? Yeah, I'm not a massive fan, especially when you're already in a book with so much really strong stuff like Drakari. I don't think Kronos really have a place. Uh, I'm not a massive fan of this. Okay, that seems fair. That seems fair. Uh, Jim, did you say you played a game this week? I did. I Last night, uh, I played My Thousand Sons versus Death Guard. And it's actually, I think, the first time I've played against Death Guard without my own Death Guard. And um, some I played a Magnus list. So the reason I'm playing Thousand Sons, for those of you wondering, is the way our league works is uh, once you pick a faction, you Warlord always has to be from the same faction. But you can otherwise change lists throughout the league, including like adding in other other detachments of other factions. And our league uh, is going to run probably till around September. So I figured I would run Thousand Sons in the hopes that the book would drop sometime during the league and I could kind of switch over to Thousand mm. Sons. Um, but of course I don't really actually even know how to play a thousand sons anymore. So I, I, I ran a Magnus list with a chicken. So I ran Magnus primary with, uh, a Terminator sorcerer, 10 cultists, a contemptor with Volkites, and then a Leviathan with, uh, a siege claw and, uh, uh, the grab, grab flex bombard. Uh, and, um, and then, and then I ran demons, uh, the super chicken with, uh, 25 horrors, eight nurglings and 200 summoning points. And somehow, the only reason I won the game was because we played uh, Scorched Earth, which is a pitch. It's basically a, I don't know, pitch yep. battle where it's like 24 inches across. Yep. And Magnus managed to, on a four plus save, because he, he took turn one, he managed to tank three Plague Burst Crawlers with Entropy Cannons, everything from them into him, and took one wow. wound. 
So I, I was bowling, and, and he wounded too with his entropy cannons, right? Because they wound on threes, and he gets reroll once because of the poison or the the plague weapon. So literally, I made on the entropy cannons, I made seven or I made eight out of eight, or like seven out of eight uh, or six six. I don't even know how many, but I made a lot of four plus saves uh, that I shouldn't have. And then same with his mortar. Um, and then I ended up just healing him, and that was kind of the the name of the game. Like he would do damage to Magnus, and then between um between temporal manipulation and then the other strat where if i roll a nine plus on a, a spell i can spend a cp to heal d3 i was healing mm. magnus like 2d3 a turn wow. um which is nasty especially as we got a three plus plus and minus one hit and he was just basically tanking eventually he died to uh 10 uh blight lord terminators with uh, the biologist putrefire with the mortal wounds but i basically just pinned him in his zone i just threw magnus and the chicken at him and pinned him in his zone and um just took the rest of the board so um but yeah, it was it was a fun game. Um, Death Guard are actually like pretty good into that matchup, I think. And he he he's he was um he was a he's a guy that like played quite well in eighth edition, but just hasn't played a lot of ninth. This was I think his maybe second game of ninth because mm-hmm. he's he's been in lockdown too. We we were we're actually basically almost fully out of lockdown here, so a lot of people are starting to actually play games. And all the people that basically didn't bother with TTS haven't actually even played games at all yeah. for the last like year and a half. So a lot of the people in our league, which was the whole point of the league, which was we, we started this league right as lockdown lifted to get people back into playing, to give people an excuse to play, to get people excited about painting and stuff. That was the whole point of why, why, why I started the league. So a lot of the players, I'd say about like 80%, are people that are like haven't really played a lot of ninth edition. And we're really using it just as a way to like get people back into playing and painting and excited about playing again, which it's been. We have, I think, almost 160 players registered. Um, nice. For the really good. Uh, now, that's province-wide. That's not necessarily in Vancouver. It's split so up good. into like regional regional yeah. divisions. But for VC, it's actually really good. I mean, the population of our whole province is like 5 million. So to have yeah. um, to have that many players, is actually, it's actually really cool. Um, yeah, so that, that was my game. And uh, I, have a, I have a TTS game on... Saturday against uh, Admech, so it'll be my first game against the new oh. Admech, and I'm running the exact same list, which means all of my... Oh, no, actually, I'm running my list with Noise Marines. I think, actually, Noise Marines are decent into Admech. Because they can, you, can bring like, like, from, like, you can bring them like, on from the side. If they can well, fight between the damage die. to and the ignore cover, it's actually... Uh, and then, like, shooting twice, I think you yeah. can maybe pick up 40, 40 of the infantry turn one, and then maybe charge yeah. into a third unit if you're... Because he's only going to be able to transhuman in one unit, and then give the uh, the uh, I ignore the light cover uh, anyways, and then the damage to ignores the the Lucius trait, so they're still on a four plus. So I think realistically they could probably pick up thirty of the infantry, and then maybe tie up a third unit, um, turn one, and then they just die obviously because he just falls back and just obliterates mm. them. But yeah. it's enough. It's enough there that I think I, if I can get get a a turn one alpha and get into him, and maybe just really just try to overwhelm him. Um, I think I might have a chance, but it's going to be a tall order. So, um, so that's exciting. And then I'm actually playing in a real life RTT on Sunday. Uh, my buddies uh, are doing a backyard. It's called. It's a backyard. It's literally outdoors. Uh, we're going to do a backyard RTT. It's like it's like twelve of us. So it's not like it's just like a small group of us. It's not like it's not open for random people. And uh, that's going to be really fun. So actually, this is the most Warhammer this week that I've played in. I think a year and a half. I'm because it'll be like five. I'm games. so on the Warhammer tip so at the minute. Yeah. I'm get, I think uh, we've got a 40k event not this weekend, next weekend, and I think I'm gonna get myself a ticket to it, which I'm quite excited about. 
uh, and I'm just going to run a pretty, pretty, pretty rubbish Death Guard list, but I just want to run around playing some 40k, because I think uh, I'd like to do a couple of things from the chat. I want to thank Nurgle Matthew for donating uh, five gift subscriptions. Big love to you. And also David Smith for some five gift subscriptions. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Also, just shouting out to Sorry again in the chat. Lovely seeing him here. Um, uh, it's just so nice. Thank you very much for the gift subscriptions. That's wicked. Uh, the thing I was going to say was, um, that was we because we had a 40k, 40k event, not this weekend, last weekend. Tom was the judge, or the TA, well, the judge. Yep. And uh, I think it's right. So, fo so few of us have played 40k 9th edition in real life. Like, there's been a little bit, like, oh, and obviously America have been doing whatever America does, which is wildness. Uh, but the rest of the world, I think, are just coming out. And they definitely haven't got, like, the reps in, I would say. Oh, I don't know. I don't no. know what you think about that. So, like, I think that, that I still think people are in a very, very learny stage with 40K at the moment. Yeah, I mean, even, um, even like, secondaries, I'm still not really sure half the time what I was supposed to take. Um Oh, mate, right. that's even happening now with the new secondaries, right? Like, um, Diogo yesterday was trying out Rod, and it didn't work out, like, quite so well. I was trying out... Rod? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was trying out, what's it called? Um, the Finbar Ranks equivalent now. Right. And uh, that was working okay as well, so we're still learning about new secondaries as well with the new chapter of Ruth, right? Do you think that, do you think, other yeah. than just not uh, having so much experience with it as well, there's also, like, uh, the game is deeper kind of a statement, like, because of the secondary choices, you think, that's not really true, we just need the reps? Well, I don't know. Just need the reps, what, I think. Yeah, I think it's a big part, but, like, I, I found, I'm, I'm actually, I'm finding a lot of struggle with secondaries. Okay. Like, um, I feel like uh, in 8th, you could, you could build good lists a lot more um, e easy to match the secondaries. Now it's like, because I'm running a lot of weird lists, secondaries are often hard to choose, um, especially trying to pick a good one from each category. Like sometimes you just kind of, like you're, you're picking secondaries and you're like, this is kind of the best that, like it's just engage as, as good as it's going to get. Over time, yeah, right? it's, like, it's like you end up like just taking the, the engage basically uh, and then maybe like... Um, a, a a killing um a killing secondary of some kind and then um something else right like the and then i i guess i'll take like rod or maybe raise the banners um yeah it's kind of like I, I just feel like it's the the update they did the secondaries didn't really do much um i would have liked yeah i agree, I agree. So. it made scramblers more viable but that's about it really i think and I just, I, I'll be honest, I've never liked this action, the action mechanic as a general. Like, I don't like the idea that um, some some lists are kind of haves and haves nots when it comes to, like, units that can perform actions, right? Like, especially because a lot of them are re uh, relegated to, like, infantry. So if I'm playing, say, like, um, certain armies, it's going to be a lot easier for me to have lots of different units that can perform actions. Or I can have very cheap units that can perform actions, like servitors, stuff like that. Um, whereas some armies just don't have that kind of like cheap action monkeys, and I just find that I, I don't like so, that mechanic. I've got I've got a theory about this. So a lot of the secondaries seem to revolve around making you build specific things into your list specifically to do those. Do you think that Games Workshop did that intentionally to try and discourage people from just taking away taking raw power in their armies? For example, if I'm taking what we stand. I'm having to think specifically about taking free units that I think are going to live and therefore might not be pushing forward as aggressively. If I'm having to do actions, I'm having to spend points on units that aren't necessarily going to be shooting or fighting. They're just going to be walking around. Do you think they did that intentionally to try and make people stop taking just all that damage in their armies and therefore make the game last longer? 
Because I don't think that's worked if they did intend that, but do you think that was part of the intention? Well, that's not part... Like, so it's one of the well, things, sorry, Jim, yeah. I'll just jump in and you yeah, go for okay. it. Like, one of the things that they said is, like, they want people engaging early, Tom. That's actually one of their core mechanics. They... they in Yeah, we've built these mechanics in. It's yeah, so whether or not they achieved that. They, they specifically said that what they yeah. want is people to play as... Like, they're like everyone charged turn one how cool is that like they're like those sorts of statements they're like we're fighting from the first turn no positioning at all just just smash face um i played against skanks man it seems to work <laughs> fine in your game <laughs> just sorry jim after you i was just gonna say like it, the problem is is and maybe this is gonna be an uh, maybe this is an unsolvable problem yeah and the more i think about it the more i think probably is which is no matter what mechanic they put in you're always going to have armies that are better at performing those mechanics than others. So whether yeah, it's true. having a you know a twenty point unit that can do secondaries, some armies are going to be able to do that, and some armies aren't. So they're going to be able to basically achieve achieve the secondary missions with very little um, sacrifice or giving up a lot in order to do that. You look at armies like Court of the Archon, like um, you sorry, you look at um, things like Court of the Archon and and the the while we stand, like Dark yeah. Eldar are able to basically take that secondary with very little um you know with very little sacrifice they can basically have three while we stand units that are 350 400 points total of their army whereas most units sometimes one unit is 400 points yeah. of their army one of those three yes, while we stand units. so true. it's like so it's like you're always going to have you're going to always have these this like discrepancy so i don't like the fact that i almost don't like the fact that it's so limited to like things like infantry to things like non-characters because what it does is it means that armies that have cheap infantry units are yep. going to also be better at it. And it's not consistent. So, for instance, raise your banners. Any infantry unit can do it. But uh, Rod, only infantry yep. non-characters can do it. So it's well, like there's not consistency across these rules, right? Yeah. I feel like this is always going to be the case, though, as well, because that's just how the game plays. Like I was talking a little bit when Drakari dropped about why I think Drakari are so good regardless of whether or not they got a power boost. And that's because the game is about trading and just taking lots of little units that specifically are built to do damage. Because building in like resilience and durability doesn't necessarily do anything to you. You want movement so you can counter hit and you want uh, damage dealing, right? And you want as many small units that can hit as hard as possible as you can, right? So it's always going to be about those small little units and therefore going full MSU, which is what we said we want to do at the beginning as well. It's one of the reasons actually why I want to take a proper look at Gene Stealer Cults as well. Now, Gene Stealer Cults at the minute, uh, I know they've got a bit of a, a meme rep, but in theory, I think that their book could be giga broken on drop. And the reason why I think that is because I think they very play, play very much into this kind of stereotype of lots of individual units that can hit like a bus. Because that's what they used to do when the first Gene Stealer Cult book originally dropped, right? That is their identity as a mm. book. The problem right now is they don't hit like a bus and they're too expensive. However, when their codex drops, if they rectify that, they could cause a huge problem because their identity is very much similar to Dark Eldar in terms of how they play. I get that. I get that. So what you're saying is you think that the game state itself really is dependent on... I think the game encourage. I think the game, both from a secondary perspective and from a primary perspective, uh, are geared towards the same type of units doing doing the legwork. And that plays well into Drakari and in theory, Gene Stillers as well. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I feel you by the dip. That's right. Oh, the dip. Twitch yeah, chat straight in on the dip. <laughs> Someone earlier on said that they had 20 Hellions and they had diamond hands to the moon. And I was like, you've got it. Now, pe people can just decide if I'm just pumping and dumping the Gene Stealer cults. I don't think you yeah, are. Do you have some Gene Stealer cults to sell? Because that would change it up. I have like 700 pounds worth of Gene Stealer cults. Okay. Over there. So take that with a pinch of salt. That could be. 
that could be some <laughs> stock manipulation. So get on that. Yeah. Um, uh, Dr. Rino, Dr. Rino says, hey, Jim, by the way, um, uh, to you. To hey, you. man. Uh, right. OK. Uh, lots to take in there. There was some there was a lot of information. I think most of it was super interesting. You guys got any plans lined? Uh, Jim, are you, are you worried about playing the ad mech or are you not particularly bothered? You're just going to learn what happens. I mean, it's. I, I mean, I'm not worried in the sense that like I care too much about the game. Um, for me, ultimately, like it's a TTS game. It's it's on some weird random RTT TTS celebrity thing I signed up for. So, uh, not that Ooh. I'm a celebrity, but uh, I'm not too worried about like winning or losing. I'm 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 interested to see if I can solve it based on the list that I brought. Like that that's that's the more interesting thing for me is like understanding. You know, I'm I'm very much a player where I I very much learn from. And I know this sounds kind of like obvious, but like. I learn the most from playing, not from talking Same. about stuff or, or or watching stuff or reading about stuff. Like I have to play the game. I have to see it in front of me. I have to, like I know how nasty this AdMac craziness is, but until I actually play it and actually like try things against it myself, I'm not not gonna it's not gonna stick to me what I should be doing, what are those decision points that I should be making. So I, I wanna play it just so that I'm better equipped to play it because um I, I do think that I think there is a way to beat it and I think there's um, lists that can beat it. Um, it's just the problem is, is it's hard for me to build a take all comers chaos list that can both beat Admech and also be solid into a lot of other lists like Drakari. Like so it's kind of like build a chaos list right now. To be fair, huh? I feel like it's just difficult to build a chaos list right now. To be fair, yeah. I mean, like, I I really wish um, the eight or 12 or 13 pages that they had dedicated to just giving us old rules could have been used to give us two wounds but well I let's mean, talk, should I, we talk I, about I, that because that's one of the things that's come up now just for everyone at home and who's conscious and i'm sure you're all very aware uh they have announced we've got a preview this saturday a warhammer 40k preview which i'm pretty certain we're doing a, a preview show for so if you guys want to come and hang out uh for um uh, i don't know what we ever called the 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 preview reaction shows but we'll be doing one uh this saturday uh which we're looking forward to so i think which we think we think is going to be all about the new orcs right it's just going to be all new orcs mm-hmm. you guys got think it might be anything else jim you got any thoughts on what else it might be uh, um i could maybe see uh i think they're probably gonna announce the third warzone <laughs> book which is this Arcturus yep. book uh which is great so they're gonna announce rules for the orcs i presume before the books you yep. know maybe we'll get more admac rules because that's what they need and uh, yep. I think there's a, there's a small Rango. chance yep. that uh, I don't know if this is true or not, but there's a small chance we could be getting some Tyranid slash Genesir cult stuff because I've been hearing rumors Ooh. that that is in the, that is in the pipeline as well. As far as the next book, uh, as far as the uh, Warzone rules, uh, I've already had like I I know the the the, the content creators uh, slash advertise Games Workshop advertising uh, brigade already has their their set of books because i've been getting leaks mm-hmm. from them that uh specifically on the rules um and obviously those reviews will go up on saturday so i, I doubt we're gonna cover cover it again but knowing games workshop they'll they'll like re re go th- go through it all again and say that it's like part of the wait preview, so the or so. co- codex the or co- codex goes on pre-order this saturday no no, no. i think this saturday we're gonna get pre we uh, they've announced the pre-orders for the saturday it's gonna be the new um all oh, right, book. so that's when we'll get that's when we get all the rules for the Warzone stuff this Saturday. I'd imagine though, yeah. So I'd imagine though, because they said that the Orc book is going to be out in July, or at least the box set it's going to be out in July. I'd imagine next Saturday we'll get the the box set, the the Beast Naga box set, just the box set with the special edition book. Hopefully, we get the Codex at the same mm-hmm. time. But I mean, knowing Games Workshop, they'll make you have to buy a three hundred dollar box just to get a book. Well, I, I'm unfortunately like so I'm a keen Orc player. 
so they've, they've got yeah. me by the short and curlies because I would like to as quickly as possible. Um, I think the Death Guard list, like I painted up the Death Guard over Christmas, right? I like and Jim, you've been playing it, and Tom, you've been playing against it and around it a, a lot. I think, unfortunately, it's just limited mm, in yeah. in width as a book. I don't think it's a particularly wide book, um, which is fine, right? Because right? I think it's the perfect four bat book. You know, like I don't know what I want to play this weekend. I'm going to take my Death Guard. I'm going to play a pickup game. I'm going to take my Death Guard. I think it's the perfect book for that. I think the Orc book will be a really good wide book to play. And one of my goals this year is because I've lockdown's been not the best. Um, and one of my goals is, especially because we've got the venue now, is play in as many events as possible. Like if there's a spare ticket going at our event here at the weekend, I'm going to snipe it, you know, until we start doing. I'm going to give it a couple of months before we do coverage as well mm-hmm. as events at the same time here from the arena. But we will be doing that as well. Um, and then maybe I won't get to play and I'll, I'll do the coverage again. Um, but I'm going to try and get as many reps in as I can. And I think Orcs will be the gr- a great book to do that with. I think because they're super wide, there's loads of different unit choices, right? You can be like, okay, I'll dip into this a little bit. I'll try that out. Um, big fan of Gazi, so I think that's going to be really good. Uh, so, like, I don't know what do you, do. You, would you both agree with that, or do you think that's a silly statement? So the Death yeah. Guard. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem with Death Guard is you're starting to really see the like when you see armies like like i didn't realize how fast admec for a shooting army is so fast like a lot of their units are movement 10 movement 8 uh movement 12 they got flyers the only thing that's like less slow is like the six inch movement um infantry and they can there's ways that they can move faster so for me like the the slowness of death guard the fact that their their main core infantry is movement four and then their fastest thing is basically movement Mm -hmm. five when you take out forge world which i know it is part of the game but like removing forge world the the army just doesn't have the tools to actually like hurt you on its terms like it's really limited to short range mid-board actions and the fact that things like admech jacarian sisters are so fast means they can really dictate when and where they play the game the game is played and you're just basically at the mercy of of the speed of those armies like they can basically hide their entire army behind cover and then pop out and kill you death guard can't do that because they're just too slow right so if there is a, a a barricade or something you know, all their most of their killer units are infantry. Plague burst callers are good, but again, um, you know, they're not as like yeah. I'd rather take three chickens for one plague yeah. burst. Oh my god! With, with I also have an Abbeck army as well, and that's the that's the terror because I also, by the way, don't need to purchase a hundred Vanguard, yeah, or Rangers. Like neither of those two, I've got them, and I have fifty, maybe sixty painted already. The rest built. And just ready to paint. And I'm like, I just don't know if I want to run that, to be honest. Like, the Iron Striders I like because they're such a utility piece. Like, how like how could you not right. love what Iron Striders do? They're fast. They're super killy. Like, they're really, really effective. Like, I, I would like to run Iron Striders. I just don't know if I want to move all those Admech around, if I'm 100% honest. Like, it's just a bit much. Um, but I also think the Admech are some of the coolest models. in. Like, it's like playing much cooler Guard, in my opinion. Like the the story's cooler, the models are cooler. It's guard, but cool. So I agree. Why wouldn't uh, the thing I love about the Admech? I think the most is it's it. If you actually look at some of the models, like the Iron Striders, they are very grimdark. Like there's some very twisted like um, parts to some of those yep. models where there's like literally a dude with like a hose coming out of his mouth, and he's like part of that horse monster thing and he's like <laughs> yeah. basically just been totally it, it looks like something out of a bad like a like a an r-rated anime um where there's like dudes just getting like 
big pipes put down their throats. I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but, uh, and then other dudes riding the dudes. So it's like, um, yeah, it's just, it's very grimdark. It's very 40 K. The models are very, uh, like they're, they're all plastic. It's brand new. So it's a brand new range, uh, almost entire. Well, it's all plastic. Yep. So from, from that perspective, I think it's an excellent army to start. Um, but, but yeah. I have, I have, I just, anyway, but that's, that's the news. It's, Tom, what do you think about the death guard statement? Or do you think, yeah, obvious. Oh, no, I can go with death guard statement. So it comes back to the point I was making earlier about, um, speed and uh, damage yeah. right things that death guard don't have and instead they pump all their points cost into resilience now i think they're, they're okay for now in teams because they allow you to get like a consistent five points base take what we stand we stand on right. one objective in a couple of missions it's probably fine like uh, vital intelligence is a good one because you can just walk center and just threaten uh five right. objectives immediately right but the problem is that you've got nine missions and a lot of things like retrieval mission you suddenly have a problem even though hammer and anvil is probably a better deployment type for you all the objectives are very much buried in your opponent's deployment zone and also you can get dragged down by um, your opponent quite quickly because even though you're quite durable, I mean, you still don't have like a great invulnerable save. You still don't have a, a, a DPR at all, do you? Right. So if you start failing saves, yeah. it still like starts to drag you down. Oh, well, no, thank you, no much for giving a gift to Vic, by the way. Hi, Vic. Nice hey, to see Vic. Also, shout yeah. out, just shout, shout out to Vic, Jim? who says, uh, yo, guys, listen to the podcast most days on my commute. Keep up the amazing work. Give Good shout out to the podcast, bro. Stay hydrated. Hope you're well. Uh, Vic is um, Vic won the uh, Beachhead Brawl uh, in Bournemouth in February 2020 when I was in Belgium. Oh, amazing. Yeah, big, big shout out, Vic. He's a good dude. Yeah. I, I was going to say, Tom, like, the thing is, people think that Death Guard are resilient, but they literally, yeah. like, their entire stratagem and gameplay is based not around resiliency. Like they don't have a single stratagem that gives them something like transhuman, a single stratagem yeah. that gives them a, a feeling of pain, a single stratagem that improves armor save. You minus one toughness uh, to the uh, opponent. A, a single stratagem that improves their armor save. They they literally don't have a single stratagem that actually makes them more defensive or more harder to kill. Everything that they have yeah. is either based around characters doing mortal wounds, which is really bizarre, and the timing of those stratagems is really bizarre. Or around making bolters better. Great. Okay, cool. Like, okay, <laughs> or, or doing a little bit more damage at 24 inches. Like the, the whole the whole mechanics and the way that like the 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 core data sheets are actually quite good. The problem is is they don't have the stratagem um boost that a lot like if you look at Admech, a lot of their strength doesn't come from the data sheets, it comes from the stratagems, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the spice of any army, the way that an army actually plays is actually more dependent on the stratagems than the data sheets. Yes, damage resistance one is good, but that alone is it can't be the only thing that they have that makes them defensive. And the amount of speed mm -hmm. you give up, the amount of firepower you give up, the amount of things that you give up just for that little extra DR1, it's just not proportional, especially given the prevalence of damage two, damage three, damage D3 plus three weapons, where it's basically yeah. just non-existent. And I don't know who wrote those stratagems, but you'd think that an yeah. army that's literally supposed to be the strongest would have at least one stratagem where you could give a unit a five plus feeling of pain for one phase or a transhuman hey, for Jim. one phase or extra armor it, save. Yeah, it just it just doesn't make if, sense the way that you it. took the current Grey Knight Codex with its Psychic Awakening, you stripped out the uh, tights, you stripped out the, uh, so that includes a bonus smite, you stripped out the uh, gate and the shunts on things like interceptors and you took all those core rules and then you slapped the words Death Guard on the front. Do you think it would fit more narratively with Death Guard? Yeah. I they mean, Dark Angels would. Terminators because fit more narratively. They buffs. have built-in transhuman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't yeah. thought about that. So, like, oh, oh, it's almost yeah. like they just walked it's away. It's all defensive buffs. Go on, it's, Tom, sorry. Yeah. 
No, it's, it's all defensive buffs. It's slow moving. It gives you the ability to reach out and grab stuff, even though you shouldn't really be able to. You just slap Death Guard on that bad boy, and it's more Death Guard than Death Guard. Is. That's so interesting. Right. That is so interesting. And when I look at, I look at like this is this is my this is the thing that makes me the saddest, and, and I can talk about this forever. I look at things like the play companies, and what you get as a play company, and then I look at things like uh, Forge Worlds, and I look at things like Space Marine chapters. Uh, like the Space Marine um, chapters in the book. And I look at things like um, Drukhari Covens. And it's like the the disparity in bonuses to your army between a plague company where you literally get a warlord trait, uh, a mediocre stratagem, and a relic that is not great, to you don't get any sort of army-wide bonus. You don't get any sort of like that is like meaningful. Which And if you look at those all those other armies, they do get something like that, right? Like, um, so it's like, why is it that, and, and, and that's my big fear about thousand suns. Like you looked at the thousand suns supplement, um, uh, in, 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 um, psychic awakening and all you got was a spell, uh, a warlord trait. And I think a relic, mm. uh, and now, the, uh, different, eight different disciples, right. And that was like, well, yeah, you, you had spell. eight, you had the cult yeah. of the legion. And I, what I'm really concerned yeah. about is they're going to give you a very mediocre. And here's the thing, the actual mediocre, the world, this is the, this is the part that makes no sense. The, the the legion trait literally doesn't work on on any of the demon engines you literally have a world uh, legion trait that for no particular reason doesn't work on the legion uh, the demon engines does does any of the like for instance mars stuff not work on the vehicle like the 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 models that are randomly no like it's it's just it's this like weird lack of universality in the rules the fact that all of the demon engines are not bubotic astartes literally blows my mind yeah. it is just like like who who was smoking what when they decided? But oh, but oh yeah, your hell brutes are, and so you don't get legion <laughs> traits on any of your demon. Engines. And you get a strat it, like, for your hell brute as well. Sense. You get a strat for your hell brute as well. Um, and your land raider. Sorry, the land raider is also bubonic starters. That's the only two vehicles in the whole book that are bubonic. Yeah, the land raider sucks on its own, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just it just doesn't make sense. Like like it's like there's this inconsistency. Now I'm okay with it because in my eyes, Death Guard. It's like a phase one book. So Death Guard, Necrons, Space Marines. Although Space Marines do have quite a bit of play still with things like yeah, uh, White, you know, White Scars and White Scars and, and uh, you know, some of the other books. Too. Yeah, but ultimately, like, and, and the thing is, I know we're going to get another Space Marine book, though. That's the thing. This is going to be the only yeah. Death Guard book we get for the entire edition. Yes. Just like it was last edition. Yeah, but Jim, you might get two Chaos Space Marine codecs. Oh, that, this entire conversation is led off the back that we're talking about <laughs> this weekend in the news yeah. section that uh, we're going to be getting our second Warzone book. And I think, uh, you know, Jim, you've already talked about it a little bit, but it's true, and Colleroo's making it, um, uh, mentioning it again, that the Chaos Space Marines aren't getting an update. Will they, like, are they not even going to just, in this book, just give them two wounds? Just as simple as that. Just be like, boom, two wounds, boys here's the update do you think that oh. they're not going to at least bring that bit in because why wouldn't they like it just brings some parity in halfway through yeah i mean it, yeah. the chat doesn't, doesn't seem the chat also doesn't seem to think so tom do you think that they'll they'll bring two it, wins it, in? it's it's 100 percent not in there because I, I know i know it's a no, fact it's not in there. like from from confirmed the other thing too it, it bothers me is like how many pages is that reprint going to be it's going to be six it's going to be all the vigilists probably two three pages Plus like eight, eight or nine pages of probably like it's going to be at least 30 pages between all the legions because I think each of the legions, like, I mean, hopefully they include the name generator because God knows we need that uh, <laughs> reprinted as well um, for all the different legions. But um, I just like for all of that work, they could have literally put a, out a two page or one page FAQ to update Chaos Space Marines to two wounds, including updated points. 
and that would instantly have made the faction a thousand times better and and at least some somewhat um up to date and the thing that worries me is because we're getting an update here it's a signal that we're not getting a codex soon right because if we we're getting a codex soon they would have saved this stuff for the, like they say we're getting the codex in the next yeah. year they would probably would have just saved it for the codex yep. but the fact that the fact that we're not getting we're getting these updates means that we're not only not getting a codex, we're also not going to get two in Chaos Space Marines for at least, I'd say, uh, next year. That's 100% accurate as well. Like, there's no way that, that you're like not spot on with that. Like, cause it... Or alternatively, they'll reprint this, and then in three months, they'll be like, here's your new codex with the same rules again <laughs> for the third time. <laughs> Yeah, but we already know that's not the case, right? Because we know we know the order. At least it's orcs, it's thousand suns, it's grey knights. So unless it's after those, but I think it's going to be a new faction after that, which we might see a little bit of an allusion to. That's my that's my guess, and it's a wild guess. But like that's where I'm at with that on that particular front at the moment. I could be wrong, but that's kind of where I'm going with it in my mind. Um, So we'll see. Uh, Because yeah, that's the war zone stuff, and we're also getting the uh, we're also getting the update to Admech, right? So that ad mech are getting better. In, so, so the in one, the one like saving grace is that they did confirm that that ad mech stuff is an army of renown, yeah. and so far the armies of renowns have not been competitive. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But given that it's ad mech, it's probably going to be the first competitive army of renown, to be honest. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see what the restrictions are. And the problem is, is like it'll be competitive, not necessarily because it'll just be worse competitive. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you'll be like, why did you bother taking this army renown when the just basic stuff is better? But it'll still probably still be competitive in some way. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So that's the that's the book. I, I can't believe they might announce a third book. But we think the third Warzone book is going to be Orcs versus Nids, right? Uh, it'll be this Octarius, Warzone Octarius or whatever they're talking about. <sighs> they did also, uh, I don't know if this is true, but maybe this is, uh, a lot of people have been psychoanalyzing or psychoanalyzing like b- breaking down the um the pictures and it looks like there's a death corpse of krieg uh model in the um some of the artwork well so def- there's a speculation yeah. that there could so, be new death corpse of krieg models announced like well, there's definitely there's happen. definitely guard like i know for a fact this is uh from one of my coffee shop rumors i know there's a guard uh refresh at some point like new model range so, so here's what i think is gonna happen on the reveal because i didn't good. i didn't go or I think they're going to do Armageddon. They're doing Armageddon. Yeah. It's going to be Orcs and Plash. Oh, no. Was Krieg on Armageddon as well? It's Steel Legion, I think. It's, they look similar, though, don't they? Yeah, they're basically the same. It's just they're slightly yeah. less. less and shovels. Plastic Steel Legion. Less shovels. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Plastic Steel Legion. <laughs> and dead horses. And, uh, <laughs> That's what's happening. Saturday. <laughs> calling it. Not even going to be there. Just calling what are you it. calling it, Tom? As? Plastic Steel Legion. Oh, I think it's and that end, that will uh, lead right into our uh, fourth war for Armageddon, where uh, Angron will make his third attempt to fight a stupid world for no reason. <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna be there too. Everyone's gonna be there. Everyone's so, gonna be there. The Tyranid show up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, make sure that they've saved Armageddon for the gas. Uh, says Connor. Yeah, but he was released ages ago, though, now, at this point. Like, it's not like you're going to hold Gaskell in, like, limbo for two years or whatever it's been since he was released. No, I think they're also, like, I think also COVID and a bunch of other things. Like, I think that it feels like that they moved a load of stuff around and the ordering is all very different to what it was. But I know for a fact that there's some guard out there, so uh, I can't wait to see what's happening 
um, with the guard when they do come out. So that's th- that's this weekend, as well as the Orcs uh, with the Orc book. And also the Scuttlebutt is generally Orcs are fairly strong. And it all seems it's all about the snoon, snoon daka wasbackers. Uh, so it's all about the buggies, apparently, um, from the Scuttlebutt on the internet. So big stonks on the Orc trucks at the moment. Uh, not trucks, specifically the buggies. So looking forward to seeing uh, what does actually happen with those uh, because there's been a lot of rumour floating around about the uh, the orc buggies for a while, right? From the we-don't-know-anything playtesters. We're not sure these are strong, <laughs> but we're building and painting them. So we'll see. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Yeah. It's fine. We'll, we'll see when the book drops, okay? Yeah, that's true. Um, I agree with that. So that's. I think that's... Yeah, well, Go on, Jim. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, like, it, I, I don't know. I mean, if AdMech doesn't get any updates and, you know, we saw the first FAQ, was that this week uh, that came out? The, uh, I guess we haven't really talked about that, but the first FAQ AdMech came out this week. Uh, they fixed some of the more broken stuff, but unless they get a balance patch like Drakari, that limits, for instance, some of the, the stratagem stacking and stuff like that. I don't see how, like, they could probably pick up 100 Orc boys a turn, that AdMech army. So I just don't know how Orcs really have a shot in hell especially with the way that admet can um screen like the fact that they have things like the infiltrators um where you can start like super cheap units up the board turn one that move eight inches and can basically block you out i just don't see how orcs have a chance against admet toughness five jim toughness five have i told you about that too too many bodies too too many bodies what do you think how many points do you think orc boys are going to be how many points do you think Orc Boy's going to be up toughness five? Seven or eight. Seven or eight. Eight? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I think eight. Do you think that's too cheap? I mean, compared to a Ranger, no. But compared to the fact that, like, a, <laughs> a sister, I think a Sister of Battle is 12 points. A Chaos Raptor is 15 points. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Twitch chat, so, what do you know. think? Uh, Doodard A thinks 10 points. Love seeing you, Doodard A. Big love. Harry266, thanks fine. for sub- subscribing. Um, 15 points. Uh, <laughs> pure jacket says Colorado. Talking about Raptors. <laughs> and you take you take them with shooters. I think 10 points is still fine. What for Especially all points? Keep the jump. Yeah, it's probably fine. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll end up seeing. So that's the new jump fight. Even across with T5, shooting one unit, charging your unit bomb. That's the new section. Tom, you, there was some stuff you wanted to bring up, right? Uh, today. Oh, we've already brought it all up. All right, perfect. <laughs> all right, well, that's good. Uh, yeah, we brought up uh, the Craftworld stuff. We brought up the um, Drakari stuff. Although the Craftworld list I was going to play this weekend was uh, pretty horrific. I haven't gone through it in Talk detail, actually. So I was, I was going to take... I'll get the battle scribe up for you so I can make sure I don't miss any details. But this is what I wanted to take and when people can Detail see focus if, uh, chat. Before it's shit. Yeah, focus chat, focus. So it's uh, we started out with a patrol of Drakari. It was a succubus with the standard... Um, uh, what's it called? Triptych Whip and Precision Blows. Oh. Uh, it isn't a Master Succubus, though. Uh, we've then had two squads of ten Hellions. Then you'd move on to all the Craftworld stuff. So the Craftworld stuff was one spearhead with a Farsi of Doom and Executioner. Then you had three squads of three Dark Reapers with Tempest Launchers and three squads of two D-Cannon. So that's six D-Cannon and three Tempest Launchers, all of which ignore line of sight. Then you had a Wave Serpent to put all the Dark Reapers in in case you went second. Uh, and people could hit you turn one. And then you had an Autark with three Night Spinners. So that's now uh, 12 models ignoring line of sight with expert crafters re-rolling once they hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if anything comes near, you can charge more Hellions. So that's what I wanted to run. 
Uh, I couldn't buy, buy any of the Dark Elder stuff because, oh, and two squads of five witches as well, just to run out and get objectives. Uh, I couldn't buy any of the Dark Elder stuff because it was all sold out everywhere. And I couldn't buy any night spinners because it was all sold out everywhere. So uh, I am running something else now. Uh, just for banter. Just for banter. And, uh, but I think I want to run that list for a bit. That should be pretty Why, strong. What, what, it's what, me to sit there and like, shoot you over our WTC terrain. Yeah, what, terrain. what key units? Is it because of the WTC terrain that you can take the line, ignore line of sight? Yeah, well, the, the idea that I got is because I wanted to take my stomper this weekend. And then I realized I couldn't actually move the stomper on WTC <laughs> terrain because it's, its ass is far too large. Um, so I thought, you know what? What would be good on uh, boards where it's so heavy I physically can't move? And I was like, huh, I could just take as much line of sight ignoring stuff as I can. Or I could take guard, there are lots of mores. Or I could take Olar and take three Tempest launchers, three Night Spinners, and six platforms, which I already own. So, yeah, that could have been fun, just sitting there in a building, you know, just pewing out just shots permanently on all the objectives. And again, in missions like Vital Intelligence, I thought that would be pretty good. Uh, especially with Hellion sat back there, so you can't really face check it, even if you can walk through all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, uh, unfortunately, that's not to be, but. Hopefully, I can get that built at some point. Okay. Too. All right. Well, uh, soon, hopefully. But you, you're not playing it on TTS. This is for the physical event of the weekend, right? The physical yeah. list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I can't run the night spinners and stuff. So I already had two fire prisms, and Games Workshop had uh, one night spinner in stock. So I bought that. I'm going to use it as a fire prism because I'm just going to build the fire prism kit. And then I'm going to take some shadow specs instead of the Hellions. Um, and yeah. Well. Some dire adventures instead of a witches, and it should okay. be fine. That sounds super fun. I um uh, I, I'm just very excited for this orc release at the weekend. Is where I'm at, like um, yeah, and, and seeing what good. the situation is because there's obviously going to be more models as well, right? So I kind of want to know how expansive the mm -hmm. range is going to be. I want to get my hands on the book so I know what, like, start list building from the book and then kind of work backwards from there. I'm hoping the buggies aren't good though. But like I know that like the scuttlebutt is that they are, but like the buggies are cool. Don't get me wrong. They've been good for a while. Yeah, now, I know. It's they, just really? like, it's just while, like it's such a edition. weird situation. Like you're like I'm gonna play orcs. Like what's good in orcs? They're like well, some cars. Some cars are like it's a Disney like spin-off series, and you're like that's weird. Like I tell yeah. you what, Rob, I'm the opposite. I hope the buggies are really good because I want to make some utter dog shit conversion like I did with the Met guns oh, again. Gross. Uh, no. Uh, can't wait for the the return of the crystals. Return of the crystals. Return of the crystals. Do you think that? Um, do you think that like so? Obviously, for the orcs, in a the like, you know, I think most people would probably revolt if Games Workshop released a brand new faction that yeah. had no ties to any current faction. But the beast nagas, it's kind of a way for them to basically release a new faction, new faction within a faction. So it's like the orc players are happy. No one's upset that they're releasing a new faction, like a new army, mm. so to speak. Because uh, yeah. without updating old books, do you think we're going to see that for? And, and you know, we had talked about guard earlier, but do you think we're going to see more of that for existing yeah. factions? Like, for instance, like for Tyranids, maybe you get like a whole new high fleet that has like that's never been heard of before that has a whole new range of models rather than just like you know stuff like that. Because essentially, I mean, like like they do with GST like cults. Yeah, I guess Genesaw Cult, yeah. but Genesaw Cult it's is like they did with Necrons. They, they were basically like, yeah. they were like, we're redoing Necrons, but it's a different Necron like dynasty that's the main dynasty now because the Silent King's back. Like, I, I agree with you, Jim, 100%. Like, they like, because really, it's basically a orc refresh. New boys, new characters. It's a complete orc refresh, but it's rebranded as like it's a separate orc army. Yeah, but it's not. It's 
it's an orc refresh. Like all the orc stuff from the past will go away. So like, and they're also redoing boys. So I think it's a complete rebrand. But they just like you say, Jim. They just call it right. something else. Like with Eldar, they're just gonna like. What's the main craft world? Is it Iandon? So like they could, yeah, they could do. Uh, uh, there isn't really one. It's Oldsway, but what is Simon Hand? But Oldsway. I think they could do something though, like like for instance, like uh, if it is, they mentioned chat, someone could do like they could do like Exodites or Corsairs or something along those lines, where it's like because they want to release a whole bunch of new Eldar stuff. But they can only, uh, at some point, I mean, obviously Eldar is not a good example because half their kits are still from 1993. But um, there's going to be armies eventually that don't actually need r new kits. Like they don't have a lot of new new kits to refresh. So when their time comes, instead of, say, just re like, you know, Tau is a good example. I think most of their stuff is plastic at this point. So if they want to do a Tau release, I think they'd have to be like, okay, we're going to do like the Farsight, the, uh, the Crute. Uh, or the like demiurg or whatever. Here's a crew um, Vespid like faction, and it's like a whole bunch of new kits and other stuff for Tau. Like I feel like that's because uh, they like Tau. I don't think have much fine cast left at this point, um, and that way they can still say they're kind of doing new Tau kits, but it's like not technically a new army, but it is a new army. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? Hundred percent. What do you think, Tom? Of uh, how they're going to do new factions? I think there's a lot of room in 40k universe to do that I anyway, so. right? You already have, uh, for example, Tau Empire, you could go like a Crude book. You could go a Vespid book. If you wanted to really build out one of those rages, you could. Although I've already been for Exodites. Yeah. Squats. Um, yeah, yeah. Squats, Squats are 100% confirmed, I they? mean, it's not technically a link to really too much apart from like Shadowspear, but you just get so much like energy from certain corners of the community. Like, yeah, Squats. That just, you know, that, that'd fly. There's a lot of room to already do a lot of creative stuff with the 40k universe, I mean, which is why it kind of makes it even more disappointing when we just release. Uh, a space marine for the twentieth time this week. <laughs> yeah, so, but they do. I think also. Yeah, I'd like. I think. Uh, I think. With your silly I think Connerus nailed it. It's like why? Why is there not Chaos Guard yet? Like a hundred percent. Why there isn't Chaos? Like I, mean, I remember when they did Cultists, and that was a big thing. Like that didn't. That's only a recent thing. Yeah, but they haven't expanded right? out, like, right? They haven't even yeah. expanded it out no, because there's. No. The, yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. They're like, here are some kick-ass models. The only example is the uh, Forge World stuff. Well, you used to have a bunch of traitor guard models on yeah. Forge World, like traitor ogrins and traitor, you know, fellas, traitor fellas. So. <laughs> so I think that's the official name. Well, yeah, I mean, I they had remember. um, they had traitor guard, but it was all Forge World, so it'd be cool to see a return I of think that. It'd be very cool. Yeah, yeah, agreed. All right, well, so I'm going to bring up uh, my subject of the day, if you will, um, and it's not as well researched as I would have liked it, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna half it today, there you go for it. and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it in detail maybe next week um, as a proper show. I started watching a bunch of stuff online today, um, specifically in preparation for the show, uh, and it was mainly competitive street chess and also uh, some some big chess tournaments. Also, interestingly, if you talk up, uh, if you type in gamesmanship, um, uh, tabletop gamesmanship, like the eighth video is Neil on uh, Vanguard Tactics uh, talking about cheating in 40k, oh, uh, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, so the thing I wanted to talk yeah. about was uh, tournament etiquette, and it's kind of off the back of uh, the ITC code of conduct um, and, and how it like plays. So my, my pitch to you guys is um, initially uh, is do you guys have? I'll take you through like a series of questions before I kind of get to the point. Do, Tom, do you have like um, uh, like a code for yourself when you're playing at tournaments? Like, what's your like? These are my do's and don'ts. To make sure I think I have a fair game. 
I never really thought about it like explicitly. Okay. Um, it's just one of those things where I just play in certain ways. Like most all of my games all year are just practice yep. to me, right? If I go to a tournament, it's because I'm practicing or I'm having fun, right? Apart from WTC where I, I try and play properly. Uh, even then, I'll try and play it properly where I can, but at the same time, I don't mind conceding a game if I fucked something up like Vix in the chat. Um, I conceded a game uh, at, oh, bloody hell, what was it? It was at her, one of Herman Easter's events. In round two, I fucked him up Grey Knights. And I was going to win the game, but I conceded it because I'd fucked up something. And it was it was quite like a major thing with Tides and what have you and having switched. Um, so I just conceded it because at the end of the day, I want to punish myself and make yeah. sure I learn. Um, so... Honestly, it's just I'm kind of chill with it. Really. So, so, so it's, so it's <laughs> not really something you think about. Like, I don't have like an official code. No, no, okay. not really. Like at the end of the day, I'm better have a laugh and I'm better have fun and better learn stuff. So I don't really feel like I need to go and have like a fucking list of like code of conduct for myself. I just don't behave like a dick if I try and avoid it. I mean, I did learn so this weekend, though, like I was talking to Darren Watson. And normally when people like roll badly, I try to empathize with them. And Darren was just saying, look, it's, it just makes people feel like more more like shit. And I'm like, OK, fair enough. And then one of the other guys who was sat by was just saying, oh, just behave like a human being. And I'm like, I don't know how I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> You're asking me to do things I don't like, understand. A double level joke. Firstly, it's me. So it's like, OK, right. <laughs> I don't know what it is to be a human being. But secondly, is is it being is trying to empathize with someone's bad dice not being a human being or is trying or just ignoring them being a human being like this is levels of nuance on it i don't yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah like personally I... when i when i draw shit i'd like to my opponent to go oh yeah, yeah that's kind of shit i wonder because this means that this now happens and this this is going to make this difference mm. whereas when i was talking to darren he was saying like it's just sometimes it's better just not to pick it up and it's like Okay, fair enough. This is just people's different individual preferences. So at the end of the day, I don't worry too much about um, what um, what an impact is going to have like on my opponent. I just say my thing. I, I be me, and then it's, it, it's fine. I try not to... like Because if anyone can just go and off and overthink about... Everyone does it. Everyone said, like comes away from like a night out or like a night at the pub where your mate's having a drink and, and thinks, oh, did I say something wrong or did I say something that would have upset someone? But at the end of the day, like... You can do that about any interaction, like whatsoever. I'd rather, like, you know, people are up front and say, "Yeah, don't, probably don't say this," and it's fine. So I just do my own thing and then fix it later. But at the same time, you try to be empathetic. You try to be nice with people. And I've, look, clearly I'm doing something right. I mean, I've been to a lot of tournaments, but I have won a couple of best sportings. Like I've got three up there, so it's you know, I yeah. just be me, have fun with it, don't take it too seriously, and it's fine. All right, Jim, where are you at with this? What, do you have a code when you turn up to an event? Like, is there uh, like a? Can, a I, can I just uh, can I just uh, relate something in the chat before we move on? Sorry, because yeah. Yeah, yes, Meatball is saying that Darren being rubbish. Because I don't think so. I think it, that's just his way of you know being nice to someone, right? Because at the end of the day, you don't want to like make prod prod like the bear and make someone upset about their shitty dice, right? Mm. Like Darren's, I like Darren. Darren's lovely. I went to um, Warhammer World with him um, of the Super Series. He's a, he's a great dude. I really really like Darren. So I don't think he's being grumpy at all. I think it's just different, like personalities handling uh, certain situations slightly differently, and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Jim, where you at? Oh, Jim, your mic's off, bud. Shit. Um, yeah, I was just sorry. Um, I guess for me, like, I have like, I guess a few things. Like, I'm not. I, I've never won a sportsmanship award. That doesn't mean I'm not. I don't have fun games. No, I don't of course. Have, yeah. I don't have. Um, I don't have like good games. It's just. My also, Jim, you have much bigger events over there. You have like 500 player events. 
Yeah, but my personality so. is not like it's just like in general, like in real life too. I'm not like that like super crazy like um very like uh excitable guy unless I'm very drunk, which I I stopped doing at events because I used to be I used to be kind of like the very I used to get very drunk. Mm. Uh, and now I get much less drunk, which is good. So I try yeah. to focus on my gameplay and stuff, but yeah. I guess the biggest thing for me is like um like I try to play my game with integrity. Like if I make a mistake, uh, fast up to it, like whether it's during the game or after the game, like um, I know there's been lots of incidents in the past, not, not just involving me, but other people where, you know, things have been discovered during, after, before. And it's like, if I make, if I make a mistake, I want to make sure that I fix it and that I, my opponent is essentially the uh, arbiter of that. Like, so rather than trying to like, so, um, but at the end of the day, I also expect that from my opponents. So it's like if they make a mistake, I expect them to step up and also like act in that way. Um, as far as like etiquette, I mean, I just try to talk through everything I'm doing as much as possible. Make sure that like I talk through my dice rolls, talk through like actions yes. that I'm taking, uh, yeah. like so, and just and just come to that like that that like you know, there's all this like always uh, conversation around intent. Intent has to be verbalized, though. It's, it's for me, it's like verbalized intent. So it's like it's not enough. Like, yeah. So last last night's a really good example. Mm. I was playing. Uh, I played a game, uh, my league game, and uh, he forgot to declare his uh, plus one to hit for his tally man. Right now, mm -hmm. this is his second game of an eighth, ninth, and I was like, I, I knew like he only had one unit that I could go on. So I was like, yeah, go for it. Like we're already in the charge phase, and he's like, um, you know, they get plus one hit from the tally man. I'm like, yeah, but like you never literally, I, you know, I reminded him. I said, hey, don't you need to declare that in the command phase? But go ahead. Um, and, and, and usually I'll give people that, like, like I'll give them the, the give me that one time, especially if they're new players. Um, but for me also, like, I don't usually like that because the best way I learn is from the sting of that. So I don't, yes. I never ask, yeah. I never ask. Right. So I never say, Oh, could I have it? I'll say, Oh, it's my bad. I forgot if my opponent says, Hey, yeah. don't worry about it. Then that's fine. But I never try to put my opponent in a position where they have to feel like, like, and my opponent asked me, he's like, Oh, like he kind of gave me that. And I was like, I was like, yeah, okay, go ahead. But like, I never like to put my opponent in that position where I've made a mistake and now they have to like be the uh, make a decision, to make a decision on so whether or not yeah. they're going to allow me like a take back or like uh, to fix that mistake. That yep. for me is, you know, if my opponent offers and then ultimately if I'm in that position, it honestly, it depends on the game and the opponent. Sometimes I'm more forgiving than others. Sometimes I'm more uh, generous, especially if I'm like, it's a new player. I'm already winning the game. It's not gonna make much difference. If it's a tight tournament game, I might not necessarily offer that because especially if it's like a competitive tournament game, like we were playing a friendly league game, but uh, now does that make me a bad person? I mean, maybe some people would think that, Oh, you should play with intent, but like literally if you don't say anything, I, how am I, how am I supposed to know intent? Like intent is just, it's such a loaded, um, term. it's such, it's such a loaded term. And you know, you can ultimately use intent to justify any mistake you make. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, and, and, I've got a story about this. Uh, I'd like way. to hear it. For so, it so for me, yeah, that's yeah. a big part is like just making sure that like, even if my opponent doesn't necessarily play that way, uh, I, I hold myself to that standard. And then I just want to make sure that like my opponent has a good time. Um, but it's not, it, it's ultimately not my job to make like, like to, to, to make you laugh. Like I'm not there as an entertainment for you. I'm there to play the game and give you a challenge. And for me, that is what's fun. So people always ask me to like, you know, I, I'm very serious sometimes when I play, I'm very, and sometimes I can be very quiet. Sometimes I can be very intense. 
And they're like, Jim, do you, are you even having fun? I'm like, no, what's fun for me is that thinking. It's like the, it's Same. the cerebral, it's, it's the strategy. It's really trying to figure out things. That's actually really fun for me. I might not be screaming, laughing, you know, doing, doing, being goofy, but that doesn't mean I'm not having fun. So that is the fun for me. And it's ultimately, if my opponent's fun is from having, you know, a lot of banter, screaming, yelling, all sorts of exciting things happening, then that's, that's not my, that's not on me. Right. Like, so uh, a good example is sometimes I'd like to, I'd like to come back to this later. So yes, sometimes you play a game and like you decided that the way you're going to win that game, I'm going to outplay my opponent is by playing KG, right? I'm going to be really stingy with the game. I'm going to maybe win by five points, two Mm -hmm. points, especially WTC kinds of games where it's like, you know, you're, 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 you're there to get a 10, 10. You're not there to like, you're not there to like give that opponent, uh, cool memories for, uh, they can go and tell their, their their mates on the car ride. You're there to fucking play stingy game, get your 10 points and get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. That for me is fun. The, the, the challenge of trying to figure that out, how are we going to do that? That's fun. I had your one of those games like, literally actually, this weekend. I had yeah, one of those your games. Your exactly. might be like, that's actually like, that's really lame and stupid, but like, that's not my responsibility uh, to give you a fun game. Like if, if our, if our definition of fun is different, then, then that's not on me to, like change how I play or the, the person I am just to, pro- just to provide entertainment for you. I'm not, I'm not a monkey. Right. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing to it. And, and sometimes that can cause, um, you know, like people maybe, especially, uh, people that don't understand that. And, and it's usually people that are maybe not as competitive. Cause I think if you're at a higher level competitive, you understand that. But, uh, sometimes, you know, when you're playing game two, game three, you get these opponents who maybe just won their first game. And they're really excited and they go into you and you're playing like a really stingy, serious, like uh, t- a technical game. And that's not fun for them. Right. Because it's very, very like surgical. So that's the biggest thing is just, just making sure that I don't, uh, People understand that about me, and I try to explain that. I'm like, hey, just if I'm not laughing or screaming or jumping around like a like an orc, don't think that I'm having a bad game. It's just it's just the way I am. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I had so I was in a team format this weekend, and I played someone who I think on the matchup my army list never beats his army list. So from from the beginning, I'm playing a stingy. I like this is going to get to what, what I want to talk to after I've heard yours two stories, but I, I gave the impression of a of a forward expressive game where I was going to try and win. But it's a team format, so I was only ever trying to pull points back for a for a medium score at best, I think. And then actually, an attempt to win would have been a mistake. But we'll talk about this more in a bit. Uh, but yeah, same, like stingy all day. But I loved it because I'm with you. I like the cerebral part of playing a game, uh, and I don't mind like. Well, actually, we'll we'll get to how I play in a moment. Tom, what was your story you were going to bring up? Okay, so Neil is probably going to turn up at some point and correct me on this because this is a WTC story, okay? <laughs> uh, and this is a second-hand story, so also take it with a pinch of salt and wait for Neil to correct it before we actually confirm it. Um, and this is a story from England versus Russia, uh, Russia. 2019. Yeah. And this was Josh versus one of the Russian players. I'm not going not gonna to say what his name was. Um, Boris, it was Boris. It was not <laughs> Boris. It was, most of the Russian players Vlad. are cool. This guy is not a cool... Not Vlad. <laughs> Uh, most Russian players are actually cool. I like a lot of that team, but this was this this guy. Um, no time for, so I'm not going to even mention okay. his name. Um, he basically Josh was playing uh, in a way where he was playing to deep strike on this Russian player and uh, just kill his shit. Uh, and when it came to dropping his units uh, from deep strike, the Russian guy was like, "Oh, you can't, you can't, you can't deep strike there because I intended to screen you out, mm. but he hadn't screened him out at all. He hadn't even made the effort to do it." And apparently, uh, one of the refs came over, 
and ruled that Josh couldn't leave straight there because his opponent had clearly intended to screen him out. This is why I say uh, wait for Neil on that, because this uh, sounds very unreasonable. It does. Because it sounds like his opponent made a horrific mistake and just tried to punish it. Um, but that is about, again, where do we draw the line at? What is intent? Because if he clearly didn't make a move to do so, it's not like one of those things where it's a couple of millimeters. He just didn't screen yeah. out. So, right. yeah, yeah, good points. Now, if now if now if the opponent had been like, like he's like, hey, I'm moving this to here, so it's this nine inches. You can't deep strike. And he said, yeah, okay, I agree with that. And then later said, well, actually, it's now that I measured, it's not nine inches. That's different because it's one thing to have your opponent agree to a uh, game state condition, right? Because ultimately, the game is just what we agree on. So if I say, hey, this is nine inches, I measured it, uh, or this is a nine inch charge, I measured it, and we both say, yeah, okay, we agree to that. And then I go to act, and then. As I go to roll, he measures it again. It's like nine point one. Mm. He's like, actually, it's nine point one. You need a ten. That would be a situation where I would I would disagree. I'd say no. We both, Agreed. you know, we measured it. There's obviously some. Um, there's always with measurements, especially. There's always a you know the table gets knocked, the model gets knocked. Someone's tape measures at a different angle. You know, there can be sometimes it comes down to a game of millimeters, right? This yep. game. And so if if my opponent and I both looked at it and said, yeah, it's nine, and then later he went and measured it and it's nine point one. And he said, no, actually, it's 9.1 now. That's when I would be like, well, no, that's that's where we both agree to a game state. And that's where I would hold my ground and say, no, like, but in, in your case, it sounds like he didn't even do like he didn't even do that. And that's why it's so important to verbalize what you're trying to do. That's what uh, I had, And also yeah. it stops it stops a lot of feel bads, too. Right. Like if, if I'm moving models around in, and because I'm trying to do something really sneaky, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Right. It's, it's some sneaky thing. And then all of a sudden I do something and you're like, wait. How, how are you able to do that? And it's because, look, if you have to win games of 40K by doing these kind of gotchas, you're, you're just not good at 40K. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, true. You, you, at any point, you should know exactly what your opponent's doing and the challenge is to how to counter it. It's not... Yeah, it's also about you know? having the assertiveness to tell them to slow down and explain what they're doing right. And sometimes you feel right. like a dick, but sometimes you have to do it. Like, I mean, I totally empathize with your position, um, Jim, with obviously, like, you play your way and, and no one's going to stop you. That's absolutely fine. But when I'm playing, I, 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 try, you know, I try to go out of my way a little bit to make sure they're having a fun game, even if I'm, you know... That's just me. I don't. You don't have to do it my way, of course, to each our own. Okay. Just, that's just how well, I. Well, this like is where this is where I'm going to get to. I think jump in with with kind of the the main thrust of what mm. I wanted uh, to get at, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't researched this well enough yet. So this is the first pitch, and maybe all three of us with Nick can return next week, and we can like have a think of it over the week, right? Um, because I think this is an interesting one. Uh, because we, with the ITC code of conduct, so you've got two kind of like warring. You have you have the spark, which is the ITC code of conduct, and also the Games Workshop code of conduct for how you will play at events, right? Like, um, uh, what was one of the ones uh, that they came up with? Um, uh, being uh, was it like being disrespectful of someone else's dice or not complaining? I think not complaining was one, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So this brings uh, and the ITC's got like a bunch of code of conduct stuff as well. But one of the things that I want to talk about is gamesmanship. Now, gamesmanship, if you go and read like the dictionary definition, is effectively Wait, not complaining is in there. Uh, I think it might be in one of the two packs. Fuck not complaining about hell. your dice. Yeah, well, let's talk That's about this. part real. of the fun, you dicks. What are you saying? <laughs> That's the reason I play. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. So, the entire UK scene is fucked. If I, know, I, I know. I know. Holy right. shit. Get that shit out of our country. 
Brexit means Brexit. Get it. Uh, to be, yeah, Red Camellios. That's anti-British, honestly, and I agree. Well, this actually comes up to a couple of things I want to talk about because neither of those were in your... Uh, stories with your intent but both of you Mm. now Jim I've seen you play but not heard you play Uh, and Tom I've seen you play right and gamesmanship uh, the dictionary definition I don't think is quite what I'm talking about what I'm talking what I want to talk about is style and I want to see I want to talk about application of style now I don't mean be aggressive or be defensive I mean about the communication this is what I really want to talk about and it goes between the it goes between the difference of something like chess where you will play tress like in a, a tournament where you don't talk, yeah. You just move your models. There's no commu- there's huh? no talking, and it will models. Sorry, chess pieces. I guess they're models, right? <laughs> like also, why don't they make cooler models? But that's a different conversation. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> don't even paint them. <laughs> don't even paint them. Lazy shits, right? Something like that, where the code of conduct is very formalized, yeah, and it's very professional, but there's no communication at all. Like and you can't communicate. You can't do that in um, 40k or Age Sigma or any of those things. You can't not communicate. You have to communicate. And as soon as you allow that window of communication, you move into a field like street chess. Yeah. Now, if you've ever watched yeah. any street chess videos on YouTube, street like if you're from a major city, there are chess hustlers who operate in your city. They sit out in a big park. Yeah, they'll yep. p- pop up chess chess. Uh, board, chess. There, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they like you have grandmasters go and try and like outfox them, and in that part of the communication, there's no law. It's just you can do what you want and you can say what you are. Like you make a move, that's a bad move. Now, Jim, you and I, Tom, same question. You move a unit, doesn't matter what the unit is. You move a unit, terminators into a position, and I was playing you. We never played before, and I said that's a terrible move. They shouldn't be there. Yeah. How would you react? Well, I mean, it depends. Like, and you're saying that in a in a deceit, deceitful way. Like, you, it is actually a good move, but you're trying to throw me off. Or it's, or it's a yeah, like whichever. Or maybe it's a bad move, but I want you uncertain. I want you to feel uncertain about your playstyle. How would you respond? Uh, like, do you think that that is a okay or not a okay? So- so like I've okay, so I've definitely had those discussions during the game. Like for instance, the opponent will declare something. They'll say, "Oh, like maybe they'll say something out loud. Maybe they're just talking to themselves." And I'll and I'll counter their their point. Like they'll say, "Yeah, I'm gonna charge in and uh, kill. You know, I'm gonna kill those terminators and then whatever." And I'll say, "Yeah, well that unit doesn't kill the terminators." Like I might say, "Like there's I'm like there's no chance you kill the terminators there." Like there like like there might be conversations where their math might be off. Like they're 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 doing a, a quick calculation on something in their head. And I will, I have in the past, like, offered them alternatives or told them, like, hey, that might not work because of X, Y, and Z. Like, and that might be because maybe they're missing a piece of information. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want them to go into that. Like, they're going to say, oh, I'm going to kill your Terminators, but they don't know that I can transhuman, right? So there's been, there's been, there's been times where I've done that because I I don't want, especially newer players to have this whole, like, they kind of think out loud. They've told me what they're going to do. And then I essentially am like, oh, yeah, I'm going to transhuman them. And then your guys literally just don't kill me. And then you lose. Like, there's been times where I've done that. Um, on the flip side, I've also uh, been in situations where, like, the opponent's unsure of something. And you can kind of hear them, like, talking aloud. They're not sure if they want to shoot at unit X or unit Y. And maybe I'll sometimes give them information on both units. And I, I guess you could say that's gamesmanship because the, exactly what you say could be determined, could be, like, you know, you might be trying to get them to shoot at unit A, so you maybe are a little bit more like, you know, 
like that, but that's very few and far between. And it's usually only in very specific situations where, um, but usually I'll, I, I, I never offer them any sort of advice on what to do. I'll just give, I'll just give them information. And sometimes just them knowing information can affect their choice. Now, is that gamesmanship giving them more information? Sometimes, right? Okay. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes if I, if I say, actually these terminators have, uh, robotic axes and their AP three damage three, then they might not charge, which I didn't want them to do. Yep. Now is that gamesmanship? I guess, but me is me giving them what? more information gamesmanship. Uh, yeah. So what oh, I'm not trying, what, try, what I'm not do, trying right? to do right now is like draw a line on what is and what isn't. Maybe that's for next. Yeah. Week. I guess my point is, is like I, I've definitely, I've definitely had. I guess I'm trying to say is I've definitely had conversation with my opponent, where the intent was to, uh, like maybe yeah. I guess maybe it's dishonest, but it, intent was to make their decision harder. Because now, bef yeah, to make their decision harder. So that and and, and that isn't necessarily, but it's never like, uh, it's never it's never a lie. It's just it's just it's I always am honest with them. I'm like, this is what this it's does. Just this is what this it's just mind games. Yeah. Well, okay. So yeah. So like, so another 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 name. We'll talk about it more in a moment. Another name, I guess, would be mind games. But then we need to cycle back, right, and break through it because actually, what is acceptable, and what isn't acceptable. That my posit is going to be as this goes on. That actually, some of the most successful players in both game system or all game systems are the people who intentionally do mind games anyway, if we call it mind games or gamesmanship. And the reason for that is, and I, there's a couple of things in the chat that I'd like to talk about in a minute. Also, Botez sisters. I was watching loads of those today. Big shout out yeah, big uh, the Botez sisters. Yeah, um, uh, yeah well, someone said, uh, I don't see trash talk as being healthy for the game, but we'll talk more about that in a moment because actually... This isn't trash talk. Yeah, like I love trash talk. Can I do but, a couple of stories? Yeah, here. Tom, I want to hear quick. you go. So again, so, same thing. You and me play. I put the, You put those Terminators down. I say, that's a terrible decision. Right, now tell me your stories and give me your feedback. That's fine. So I've got two stories. So first story, uh, it's actually a question for you, oh, Ross. Yes. Uh, how was how how was I last weekend? Was I was I a bit of a dickhead? Oh, so Tom I, played at his a, very a first Age of Sigmar. No, Tom played at his very first Age of Sigmar tournament this weekend. Hmm. But Tom also Tom was brilliant uh, by reports of some very competent Age of Sigmar players. But Tom also played at a very high speed, which threw loads of them, which <laughs> threw which threw loads of them off. No. So much so that it was something that they fed back. They were like, yes. Tom plays too fucking fast. I can't handle it. Did I get inside James? 100%. Head? 100%. Did I get inside Nathan's? Head? I don't know if that's possible. You bamboozled him. He thinks you're a warlock. Yeah. I don't know what I that did. is. He does. Yeah. He do right. So that works. That's absolutely fine. But that's an example. If, that's just like my manner. And I create this kind of like situation. And I've always done this. Like when I was playing in 2013, I was playing like two core and land raiders and just running other people and doing my turns in five minutes of it and have no thinking time. Yeah. And I just get like really confused and make mistakes. Um, Oh, what was the second story? I've forgotten about it. Now. Okay. Oh, oh, I'll give you a second. I'll, it was so I'll good. Give, well. I'll give you a second. No, no, you guys talk and it'll come back to me as soon as Okay, well, so the, the point is, is what Tom's saying is that his play style is gamesmanship before we, kind of, before yeah. we get into anything Got else, it. right? I'll give you my example. Whereas Jim is quiet. Yeah, yeah. Now, if I'm super serious and into a game, maybe I'm quiet. But I'm normally very personable. All the time. Yeah? yeah. I'm very confident. Every time something happens, I wanted that to happen. Someone gives me the first turn. I wanted that. They're like, you have the first turn. I'm like, great. Exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Like they win the first turn. I'm like, great. I wanted you to have the first turn. Now I'm 100% right. in that situation being deceitful. Right. Of course right. I am. 
Like, there's no way I couldn't be, which is why my comparison to 40k or 8 Sigma being more like street chess than it is real chess is because by nature we communicate, right? By right. nature, like, of the game, we communicate. And our play styles and the play styles of the people who I think do well naturally move in a way that they're being like counter communicative while being communicative yeah just like you said jim yeah you're like you, you put the unit there like oh you probably won't kill them or like you give me more info so they overthink stuff. yes right yeah. like now that isn't yeah. in my opinion cheating uh but it is gamesmanship no, and i do think that there's a point yeah, beyond that where maybe it is rude yeah but, like, for instance, someone rolls a bunch of dice. Here's another uh, situation for you, Jim. Someone rolls a bunch of dice, and this has happened to me loads, and I've also done it to my friends when we play. Someone bunch, rolls a bunch of dice, like, oh, you've rolled really badly there. Yeah? Like, that's happened. There's no way that hasn't happened to you, right? That's happened in a tournament. Someone said that to your face. You've rolled a bunch of dice, and someone said, oh, you've rolled badly there, right? Definitely. And there's no way that doesn't have a psychological impact. That's a, that's a big hit. Has it happened to you, Jim? So uh, definitely, like, uh, if you actually want to watch <clears throat> what a masterclass in gamesmanship looks like, mm. go watch my uh, BAO 2019 finals game against <laughs> Jeff Robinson. <laughs> because if you want to okay. a masterclass, go yeah. and watch so, so, my so Jeff, game. <laughs> Jeff Robinson, and you know, re may rest in peace. He yeah. he is a huge personality, and I, if you watch the way that I've played most of my games, I'm very quiet. I'm very in my head. I'm very introspective. He is uh, a bull in a china shop. So he's a physical. Physically, he's like imposing. I I would have fucked with and li him. literally, I he would, he would, he would come up to me and stand maybe a foot away from me, mm -hmm. uh, like this, like this big guy, probably over 200 pounds, just could like, you know. And he would, he would make jokes. He's making comments sometimes to me, sometimes to just the people watching. But it was enough that it was like constantly, I I'm constantly trying to hearing his like, his like. Uh, commentary and it it definitely threw me off because then there was a point where the game i think was in the balance where um like and i literally dropped a model because he was making me so nervous like i'm not a nervous player mm. uh but there's a little bit of point where i was like trying to place a model very carefully and my hand was shaking so much i dropped it and that and then there's like a whole blow up from that because people thought i was trying to like drop models like i was like you know what's that game uh jacks where you drop the bouncy ball and but yeah. People thought I was trying to play that with my models in order to like get extra inches. It's ridiculous. But he was like incredibly <laughs> intimidating. And I had never played someone like that with that level of gamesmanship at the table. Mm -hmm. And that's why I do think there's a big difference between things like uh, TTS and, and, and in real life. Because there's a physicality to the game. And uh, especially when you're standing across from someone. Especially like when, you know, I'm 5'11", I'm, I'm but I'm, I'm a, I think I'm fairly like small guy but there's some player people that are I, I don't know tom's like 30 feet tall but there's some <laughs> players that are like just physically imposing and yep. that physically that physicality can actually be a big part of the game especially if um you know you're feeling intimidated just even the matter with which you talk right can, mm -hmm. can, can cause a lot so uh yeah so i definitely recommend checking out that game and there was a point in that game where i i just i was i mean it was it was a, a nine game tournament i think this was game nine i was the only one that went eight no he'd actually lost a game but uh, it was enough that it threw me off that I, I made mistakes, right? Yes. And now whether that was that gamesmanship, I was tired or, and then he ended up, as the game started to turn, I wasn't able to kind of get back in my, my headspace to yep. make smart decisions. It was kind of like, um, it kind of got away from me there. And then I started being in this kind of mentality of uh, like, I've lost this game, even though I hadn't lost the game. Um, and so 
you know, that, that was definitely a time where I've been the victim of that. And, you know, I have nothing. Here's the thing. I don't hold that against Jeff yep. because no. at, at all, because I think that's, that's a part of the game. And the biggest thing that I learned from there is that I need to be mentally stronger, just like in any other sport. You have a big part of any sport isn't just your technical ability; it's your mental ability. It's your ability to perform at a high level, and sometimes that means um, like being able to focus under pressure when there's people making jokes, when there's a crowd, when there's a stream, when there's judges, when there's whatever. Yeah. That's a big part of being a high-level competitor. Mm -hmm. And what I learned from that game the most was I need to be better at that, and I need to work on my ability to mentally focus in in high-pressure situations, which is something that I really hadn't experience to that level until that game yeah. right because mostly i've been playing like smaller events or or whatever but hey jim yeah. so happy to have yeah, you on to talk about this because that's a, that's an excellent point because like what's interesting is your takeaway your takeaway from that situation wasn't that you thought you were being because uh acer busbellum is saying in the chat i think the line between intimidating your opponent and bullying could be easy to cross but you didn't feel like that was a situation at all like because like you felt like it was something you needed to learn from you needed to grow and adapt as a competitive player because I'll tell you what, like, there's that version where someone's very close to you, um, uh, like, making you feel, like, not confident. My version is the opposite. I try to put you as at ease as possible, right? That's my play style. I want you to be comfortable. I want you to be happy. We're having a laugh, yeah? We're just having some fun. Things are good, yeah? Everything's going really well for both of us, yeah? And that's great as long as you're doing what I want you to do on the tabletop, yeah? Like... I want you to be happy that you're putting your stuff where I want it to be, right? That's what that's my playstyle. So the opposite, that's right, Crip Shadow. I'm a scam artist. That's 100% the, the fact. That's how I play Warhammer. I'm a conf I describe myself, and I haven't talked about this loads on the show, but I describe myself as a confidence gamer. Darren is very much the same. So he's an Age of Sigmar player. Um, whereas Tom is a very aggro player. Yeah, he does it with confidence, confident. and he does it with oh, yeah. joviality. Like, he'll laugh a lot at the tabletop. He'll be fun. He'll be upbeat. Anything you say, but like, oh, that's not a problem. Don't worry about it. That's fine. Directly in, directly in their face as well though like i reckon the more i hear about jeff the more i wish we'd played at london gt 2018 i thought that would have banged that game would have been so fucking great you wouldn't even put the fucking cameras on the table you've just had it out of us like it'd have been great um your point though rob about just sitting there like reminds me of my mate scott nichols yeah. who won uh gt he he like so scott basically just plays demons he only plays okay. demons um he was running basically a similar list to yours jim with the plague bearers um, around the same time in the UK, mm -hmm. but he's he's like a bigger guy as well, you know. Like he's like does a lot of like gym work and what have you, and he just stands there. He doesn't do anything. He just stands there. What? No, and doesn't every talk. Every game, people just make mistakes at him. No, he talks, but he's not like he'll just like talk when it's appropriate. He doesn't like utter like more than like several hundred words a game. Right, okay. right? He'll just he'll just stand there. I mean, he'll just say like the minimum number of words that he needs to. He'll just stand there, just like. And it's not like his army is particularly complicated, but every single game, I swear to God, it's like a superpower. His opponent just blunders into him and he wins. He doesn't do anything. Yep. He doesn't say anything. He just stands there. And, and, the, other, that, and the other person feels uncomfortable. uncomfortable no, I don't think they, make, they feel uncomfortable. They just always make mistakes. I don't know what okay. it is. But they always just fuck it up and Scott wins. <laughs> and I have no idea what this man does. Like, I have to talk to Scott, but I play him and it's like normal. But everybody else, they play Scott, they fuck it up. Scott wins. Just like that's a good one. Because doing? then, because What's there's some done? other stuff that's gamesmanship, right? Like, for instance, 
you're a famous YouTuber, yeah, <coughs> right? Or or you're perceived yeah. to be good because you're the number one in X rankings, or you're the member of this team, or whatever the situation, right? Those yeah. things. And some people will yeah. announce that when they get to the table. Hello, have you heard of me? Yeah, that's an initial like oh, I'm going to plant the cringe. flag. Very. Yeah, cringe. it is cringe, yeah. but it's also. I mean, I feel it's like... also effective. It's also effective. All well, all person. All personality is gamesmanship because you're always going to put your opponent on some kind of footing with where they stand, right? Go on, Anything go on. could technically be gamesmanship. Go on, so I, I, I've had very real experiences with that. And actually what it does, I sometimes, so I used to have like, uh, oh, people, like people will come up to me and even sometimes people on TTS, I think a few people are like, oh, like we're playing Jim Russell. I'm like, guys, I had literally played three games in ninth edition. Settle the fuck down. I, yeah, I'm Jim not going to wear Why are you worried? I'm, I'm not going to wear it. <laughs> but there was a time, there was a time, there was a time in like the, when I actually was teaching Warhammer, when people would come up to the table and they'd say, oh shit, I'm playing Jim Russell. And I would try to usually be like, no, I'm just like a normal person. Don't, don't, don't. Wait, but what finish. it does then, it what it would do is when I would say something like, uh, are you sure you want to charge? That carried so much weight. more uh weight than like if a random dude said that like they're like oh shit jim vessel just said should i charge now i'm fucked like what am i like that and, and i that was actually a real thing that i experienced where people would literally uh you know i would say something and, and it wasn't necessarily malicious it was just more like sometimes an observation sometimes it was like totally benign i'd make a comment but because i was saying it and they were like intimidated by the fact that okay i was i was good in the itc or i'd won an event or whatever they were like oh shit like all of a sudden, their whole plan has been thrown into the straight because I've thr- like yeah. that. I've thrown a bomb into their their, yeah. their planning. Now, was that gamesmanship? Yeah. I mean, sure, but but yeah, going back but... to my point about Jeff is like, you know, if we're gonna play, and I, I specifically mean competitively, if you're playing like Pretzels Warhammer, yeah, mm-hmm. don't go and try to like mind fuck your opponent so he's got a he's having a panic attack. But if I'm <laughs> playing a competitive game, just like just like um, um, just like yeah, Hermanisa, I played Hermanisa and he did the same thing. Um, and I appreciate he beat me. So I told him not to <laughs> like, do that, by the way. I told him huh? not to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing is, is like, I look at any sport and, and competitive 40k as a sport in a, in a sense, like any sport. There, it's yeah, not it's just about better. it's not just about your gameplay. There's many aspects to it. The 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 mental mental toughness, and you you hear about this in sports, like people playing in championship games, people playing in uh, all sorts of difficult high pressure situations. Mental toughness is a big part of competing at a high level. And so I firmly believe that if you want to be a good competitor, you got to you got to be able to be mentally tough. And that means so that when someone tries to gamesmanship you, you can brush it off. And that is and, and to say that because you're not mentally tough, you're actually the best player. No, the best player is the best player. He's also the best mentally tough player. Right. So that yeah. that's and that goes so, to every and that's game. a big part of it. every game. And that's yeah. and, the, and, um, and then you have so but then you have comparisons in all sports. Right. Because tournament Warhammer, which is all we're talking about right now. Tournament Warhammer yeah. is the same as any sport. Right. You're not mentally tough enough to play football. You're not mentally tough enough to uh, like uh, to play chess. There's people who've had breakdowns. I watched a video today of a very competent chess player crying at the table. Um, I can't remember who he was playing. Have um, you seen that video of that kid where they bring out that guy on that uh, game show? <laughs> the Grandmaster! <laughs> that's so it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, that's how we all feel when we get the AdMech pick. Like, in the, and like, here comes... In the, <laughs> ah! Right? But... Here comes 2015 Josh Roberts. Ah, God. <laughs> Everybody run. Uh, right. uh, but, okay, so... I had a couple of things over. I just very quickly wanted to touch. No, on. hold on. Uh, I, I, I just wanted uh... to. I just wanted. I just wanted to say no, um, uh, that 
um, the, the the difference between the two systems, like like to be competitive to be competitively mentally tough versus like mentally tough in life, yeah, is 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 part of the process. And the reason I like maybe we could go into it in more detail next week, go away with some stories, go for some ideas, is because what's acceptable, this ITC kind of and this other code of conduct really misses on all of the tricks of the trade that exist to put pressure on your opponent. Anyway, a good example was I played a game, I was playing a tournament this weekend. My friend Darren, we're very, very good friends. We're super close. He keep, puts a, middle, a model in the middle of the board, and he's like, oh, you're going to shoot him, aren't you? Like, it's a throwaway statement. He's just being kind. What he really means is I desperately want you to try and shoot him and bring that unit out, uh, because if you bring them out, I'm going to fuck them. It's what he's really trying to say to me, and he can't turn that off. He can't turn. Do I feel slighted? No, because I just said to him, stop fucking telling me that I'm going to shoot that guy because I'm never going to shoot that guy because mm. I'm not that dumb. And he was like, right, okay. He's like, and I can't turn it off. And I'm like, you shouldn't turn it off. I love that he was trying to do that to me and I love that I didn't fall for it. I think that that's yeah. the quintessential... Yeah, I think that's game. a quintessential part of the game, which is why the kind of like takeaway statement that I'm going to make maybe at the end of this and, and discuss with you guys and maybe come back to it next week is I actually think things like code of conduct and other stuff while I think necessary to stop cheating I think that we don't necessarily engage enough in the smack talk bullshittery which could be available to us as war gamers or it exists loads and we don't actually discuss it happening as much like yeah. you don't notice it Right. Yeah. So anyway, Tom, what were your story? Well, I can have a test now. Um, well, firstly, the first example was in the LGT in 2019. I just played Nick in the Invitational. Um, my, but we'd, before we played that, we'd already had the draw for the yes. Open that was going to happen the next day. Right. And my opponent, like, just thought I was some, like random dude. And many for that, the opponent in the Open thought I was just some random dude, which is like fine, normal. I, I expect that's okay. Um, and then he turned on the Invitational to watch on the way down. And of course, the stream game was me versus Nick in that really close Knights versus Gene Steeler yeah. game. And that immediately got in his head because he'd seen me playing in the Invitational. And he actually said at the table that that's what had happened, like midway through really? the game. Um, a second thing, yeah, a, a second thing I wanted to bring up because it, it kind of like demonstrates the whole, I, I don't mind games happen, but we know it, the notice and thing is, um, and also, it demonstrates the point about Scott's play that I wanted to mention. The best example of Scott's play that I've seen on stream and why people just make like ridiculous, weird mistakes into him was actually not from one of Scott's games. It was from Jim Vessel versus Eric Marku at the Capital City Bloodbath <laughs> Game yeah, 5. And exactly. Where <laughs> Eric just takes his fucking army and runs it face first into Jim turn two for literally no, no reason. I, as soon and, as he did that, I was like... I, I, yeah, I was, like, I was watching and I was like, like, because I just played this game, this exact matchup at LGT and won it with knights. Mm. Okay, I put this exact matchup. I'm like, right, you just clear the screen, you charge in. If you can kill the demon prince, you win the game. Fine. And he just turned two before he's even cleared the screen. He just runs in. Like, it, like he, like he'd already, like, he decided. Like, doesn't matter what the situation is. I... He decided that he lost. He decided that yep. he already lost. And I'm just like, which is counter gamesmanship, yeah, right? Yeah. I, 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 I Jim, was even what? shocked that he Jim, did that. I was like, there? I didn't say anything. But I was even shocked that he did that. <laughs> exactly, you didn't say anything. He just fucked it up. 
but that's counter gamesmanship, right? Now, someone's pointed yeah. in the chat, Arcus Busbellum uh, again. I think if you if you, you have gamesmanship, you need refereeing. What I'm saying is, gamesmanship already exists. Yeah. What I'm saying is that the code of conduct, do, and I don't think even some of it is insidious. I think some of it might be insidious, yeah? But I don't think some of it is. And it's one of those key things that we don't talk about enough when we talk about playing 40k or playing Age of Sigmar or any of those other things. And also some of the stuff, like I'm a loud, gregarious character, so I act loud and gregarious when I play Warhammer because it benefits me. I feel more comfortable yeah and also i find it disengages my opponent which i think is quite useful for me on the tabletop right that's good but normally they feel like they're having a great time they're like look at this guy he's laughing he's smiling we're having fun but i'm like that's my way of playing warhammer right that like i want you to feel like too comfortable and so i think gamesmanship already exists it's, is my point yeah yeah I've, and finding I, I your style is drawing the line at what game is that, but then then my question is is can you take it further and i don't mean cheating what I mean is, can you do things like no. they put their Terminator brick down and you're like, that's a bad decision. Or they roll their dice and like, that's terrible. Like, what if someone said your oh, dice rolls were terrible all game? Would you feel that would be too much? Jim, have you ever played uh, Sean Naden? Uh, no, but I've seen him play. Have you? Uh, so I heard a story from him at the WTC when he played Mike Porter. And Mike Porter finished his turn, right? And at the end of the turn, Jim, uh, apparently, Sean looked up at Mike and said directly into his face, I thought you were supposed to be Wow. <laughs> and wow. It's <laughs> like, you fucking gangster. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's second hand again, so get back confirmed. But I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was absolutely amazing. I loved that. That's See, so, yeah, stuff like that, guess. right? Now... I, I think maybe if like in a code of conduct, or if you talk that back on a podcast and we're like, oh, that's like a shitty thing to do, right? Because we're in this weird, like, it's a hobby, it's not a sport. But like in a psychological match like that, like or in something as simple as street chess for like 20 bucks, that's super okay. That's super okay. You're like, that's fine. That's, like, that's fine. Like, um, so I... Right, but I, I guess to, to your point though there is like, in street chess, I think it's widely accepted that that's part of yes. the game. So the question then to ask is, is is that kind of kind of trash talk gamesmanship? Is that widely accepted? And I would argue that it's Agreed. not because I think a lot of players are not practicing that kind yep. of play. And so when you do do that kind of uh, when you do show up to a table and you start being you know you kind of being you know street chess uh, trash talking maybe you know those kind of like passive aggressive underhanded comments that aren't necessarily cheating but are just there to throw you off i think a lot of people especially given the the, the like i think the street chess community as a whole they're in agreement that that's the way you yep. play the game right a big which part is of very different shock. to competitive chess I, I like the, like in a tournament you don't yeah, do that it's right. completely not okay right but I, I i would argue that the 40k competitive community would not agree universally that that's part of the game i'd say a lot of people would think that that's awful and that you shouldn't do it and some people might think it's part of the game and what whether it is or not i think that's a question that needs to be asked and that's maybe where things like the code of conduct can come in uh and say universally like this is part of the game or this is not part of the game um yeah so. thanks kirioth for resubscribing by the way um yeah well but then if they're going to approach let's say trash talk yeah but that doesn't stop overconfidence talk right that doesn't stop you in that situation where you're like, oh, by the way, those have got AP3 on them. Yeah. 
don't forget they're on a two up save and they're minus one damage and you're like okay because that's not like that's just being informative right that's just communicating and so in that situation i think it's fascinating having played a weekend of warhammer my mind is a fire with playing someone person to person again and how much that's one of my most exciting things to do is be with someone and it's a battle of wits of course it's your tactical application on the tabletop that's quintessentially important and then of course it goes back to your list writing all crucial but gamesmanship the way you play I think if you actually studied the people who do really well consistently, I think you'd notice some consistent themes. And uh, I play a guy called Tony in Age Sigma quite a lot. He gives me nothing. He doesn't ever fucking smile. He doesn't crack a joke. Like, he's just, like, quiet as fuck for three hours. And it creeps me the shit out. I hate it. Yeah, like, I, I'm like... I, like and yet you play like, Yeah, like, I need to get in there. I need to get in his head. Like, I need to crack in, and he gives me nothing. And I hate it. I don't like it at all. It's a horrible way to play. And then I start feeling... But, like, what's he doing that's wrong there? Like, he's doing nothing wrong. What's he doing in that setup that's bad? He's doing nothing, and he's making me feel uncomfortable, right? So isn't that fascinating that... The way, like with Jeff, for instance, he was just a big guy who was confident near you. Like that's all he did. Yeah. Like, well, uh, I, I, that, that's not okay. all he did. Go watch the video. You why do you, if you actually just YouTube? Why do you think him and Alex had a okay? Fight? All right, fair. Yeah. All right, go go watch. You, you can you, you can YouTube the game, and actually, it's funny because the chat. Uh, you know, it's funny. I always say that the chat chat always thinks the game is crazier or there's things happening on the table that aren't and like even in my gaming it's john lennon who is like the and semis people thought i was like i was like moving the clock around the table so that when he went to switch time it was in a different spot like and i was like literally just that would have been great by the way yeah so like every time you go to hit it it's like it's like it's like whack-a-mole it's like somewhere else and that's not at all what's happening but people people saw me move the clock a few times because it's in the way and people were like oh jim's moving the clock to like help make john like burn three seconds extra every time he has to go hit the clock right amazing happening but people in the chat, if you go read the chat, people were literally like, holy shit, Jeff's being an asshole. Like people were literally calling out Jeff for the way he's acting. And I actually didn't mind because I thought it was all part of the game. The way that he was talking to you, the things that he was saying, I thought that was just all part of the like that that gamesmanship part of the game. And so I actually didn't wasn't bothered by it. He was being sarcastic. He was like making jokes. He was doing all sorts of other things. I didn't think it was a problem. But there's a lot of people in chat <coughs> who aren't used to that or wouldn't wouldn't like that kind of behavior towards them that were making a huge fuss about it in the chat. And they were like, Oh my God, like, is Jim going to fight Jeff? I was like, Oh, obviously not. But like, no, like the, it was like to the point where people, the, 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 uh, commentators were like, guys, the, they're fine. They're like actually laughing. And I was laughing. I was having a good game, but it was definitely like, it was definitely like an intense game. And that, that gamesmanship definitely affected my focus. Right. And, and good on Jeff for, for, um, you know, using the tools available to them, I guess, to, to win yeah, the game. Yeah, fascinating. And, I, and to be honest, I'm actually glad he won because I think that was the last big event he, he won before he passed and it was really important to him. So in the end, um, I'm glad things Was that the barrier open? Yeah, yeah. barrier open. Yeah. Uh, Tom, you got it. So I think like we've covered it now, um, but I think I'd like to go away and look at what happens, like like specifically go and pick up some quotes for next week. Yeah, not only from the Warhammer Code of Conduct, but the ITC Code of Conduct, and also from other game systems, I think. So if anyone is out there who's listening to this back on YouTube or is watching this in the podcast and they want to like, hey, Rob, this exists in this situation. Like if you're about to punch someone's face in the UFC, you got no problem calling them all sorts of names. Whereas if you're in rugby, you can't say anything rude. Otherwise, the, 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 you know, the referee is going to beat you to death. 
Like what? Like you know, you can. Like they, <laughs> they all. Yeah. It, it's all okay. different, right? So I like. I'm just, and I'd like to also. It would have been great to have Logan on as well um, to to hear his thoughts on what um, uh, happens in like competitive gaming. Because Smash Bros, you've got no Johns, which is no complaining. You can't complain when stuff goes bad for you. Like there's a that's a carte blanche rule. Um, like there's all sorts of really interesting stuff. So uh, and I think Gorka Morka was saying in the chat earlier when he plays Magic, for instance, he's always quipping and telling jokes and doing sort sort of things. So I'd love to see what happens in the Magic community as well, because the Magic community is probably as close to us as maybe it's possible to get. But I think chess is similar. Poker's similar as well. I mean, uh, poker, there's loads of trash talking yeah. in poker. Tom, you got any kind of final thoughts before we go? No, no, no. I think that's uh, pretty covered. Uh, I do have a shout-out to do, okay. but that's about it. That's we'll right. later. Okay. Uh, yeah. Jim, what do you think? Uh, no, I think I, I agree with oops, uh, <laughs> I agree with most of the points. <laughs> what have you done? Um, yeah, and I'm interested to hear what Logan thinks, because I think as a... As a commentator, he's probably seen a lot. FTC, and it'll be interesting yeah. to see what, like, you know, obviously things like, um, um, like, Street Fighter is such a fast-paced game, and, like, and like those kinds of games are so fast-paced. I wonder how much time they actually have to trash talk, because before you know it, oh, you've loads. got a fucking 30-thing combo on you, and you're like, what the hell's going on? It's so, a, whereas Warhammer, game, there's, there's a lot of time where you're standing it. there, so it's like, you and chess, same thing, where you're waiting for the other player, where you're not doing anything. So there's a lot of time to kind of be that gamesman. I I almost feel like in the fa- the faster the game, the harder it is to uh, to do that. But 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 Logan could prove interesting. Me wrong. All right. Well, listen. If you guys have had any thoughts, again, I'd just like to be super clear. I'm not advocating for anything. I think I'm all I'm identifying things that already exist, and I'd like to have a conversation about it because I think as maybe we go back to tournaments in, in, in the future, I think it might be one of those selling points yeah. that people don't really communicate with each other, right? Like and uh, like and I would like to know just kind of like. Not where the line is, because I don't want to push the line. That's not my play style either. But I kind of want to understand what experiences you have and also what like the tournament like line will be, because there's a culture and etiquette that is developing via codes of conduct. And it's interesting that maybe they're like... You complaining about your own diet seems is 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 seen as a no. It might get you a yellow card. But telling someone not to shoot at that unit like because they're they're, they're too tough is fine. Right, like there's a there seems like a line that is crossable, and so I'd love to know what the, the cultural kind of conversation is. Uh, Gorkum Walker says a few years ago, DCI judges of Magic: The Gathering did make a strong stance that there's no trash talking involved in making fun of the other player during a game, but it's a grey over before and after lol, says Gorkum Walker. Fascinating. If you do have some links, to that I'd love to see more. Viva Fresh, loads and loads till is real anywhere, and then compares. Uh, all right, okay, great. Uh, thanks everyone. I've never started a game without uh, without telling my opponent I'm sure they're going to win. <laughs> Not once in my life since that Herbert. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna shave my beard and start playing as a, a totally different person and just show up, um, like with glasses and and uh, a, a baby face and say my name is like John Vessel. Pim Pim his, Pim, uh, Pim Vessel. His younger younger poor, poor playing brother. <laughs> And just trick people like that. Maybe I'll, I'll get those glasses with the mustache and the big nose. Nice, that works. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Tom, who's your shout out for? Oh, we're just short. I just want to shout out Nikos. Happy birthday and what have you. Happy birthday, Nick. Yes. Uh, I want to shout out Jim. Jim's got his own YouTube channel and podcast called Duplicity Paints. So if you want to go and listen to him uh, talk about loads of different stuff with great and, guests. And um, so shout out Rob. Um, my last name is spelled with one S, not two. Oh, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so i'd like to shout out the real jim vessel who's not on this cast oh don't oh <laughs> no i'm so sorry 
I don't want to say anything. You should have said it earlier. See, but I've, I've ga my gamesmanship is trying to make you just change your name, basically. Yeah, he's throwing me off. He doesn't even know my name. <laughs> Jim Jesselfinger. Uh, anyway, all right. Well, listen, it's lovely having you on, Jim. Thanks very much. Hey, uh, we'll be live again tomorrow, obviously, for Stream Street. I'll be talking Skaven with Smorgan. And then we'll be live on Saturday where we'll be doing the react to whatever the news is. Uh, so it's going to be uh, super good. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for hanging out on the Twitch chat, listening to the podcast, stay hydrated. Uh, and, of course, uh, watching back on YouTube. Thanks very much. Thanks to Tom and Jim. And we'll see you guys soon.